But yeah, you were saying something about streaming or about uh, not streaming, Pi- pirating, pirating specifically. Yeah, I was I was asking Rob if he had ever experienced this phenomenon. Um, we were talking about. I don't want to spoiler alert, like give away the the juice, but I heard you might you were considering at some point maybe doing like a, you know, talking about Century Media, you know, stuff like that. Oh we, yeah, we had, we had done one. Well, we we did. So there was like kind a, of. a proto version of this podcast where I had done hmm. like a lot of episodes where we would just sit with like handheld microphones with no cameras, just in the middle of. When like, this was still a garage, garage, we just yeah, sat yeah. in the middle of the garage with microphones, like. I really like this song. You like this song? I like this song. That's about it. What do you like about you it? You know, it, well, because I, what I thought was going to originally happen was, okay, this will be really cool. Um, I'll get Robert to like make this, you know, like playlist, right? Like, hey, like you know, like your journey into this style of music or this whatever, and like Robert took the assignment very seriously. And he gave me like a four hour long playlist. Wow. Yeah. Um, and because originally. I don't fuck I, around, man. Because <laughs> originally I had thought it would be cool to do that with like a bunch of different people, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then um, I was like, well, shit, this is like four episodes here, Robert. So we just sort of like trying to, you know, started chopping it up and, and doing, you know, like, okay, sectioning it off or whatever. And then we started coming with other ideas, trying to do other things. And, like, really just nothing else really worked as well as just me and him just doing stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it just sort of – I was like, all right, well, I'll just – just, it's just me and Robert do it. And that's why it's called the Richard Wooten and Friends podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know – Like the old Garfield cartoon. You know, you got – I'm like Nermal and Odie and the farm animals all in one. To be fair, motherfucker, I asked you, <laughs> like, after we did after we did the first two in this setup, like, where we did the cameras and all that sort of stuff, I was like, this is really kind of like an us thing, and I was like, how involved do you want to be? And you were like, not. That's true. I, I think I kind of expected uh, more people to be in on it at that point still, though, because I, I guess if we had gotten to, like, 50 episodes and it was still, like, just my name down here in impact font, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to be fair. I thought that there would be more, I, I, you know, but, but you're, you're, you're available. Super available. <laughs> more than anyone else. It's an important quality. Availability. Yeah, yeah. Um, but century media. Yeah. 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 So we had did one and I, I think I had even sent you that playlist. and was like, what do you think about like talking about this at some point? Oh, yeah. I think um, that does sound familiar. But, uh, but yeah, because Century Media was really, really, that was like my, that was a really important label to me because of their, the ID3 and the ID4 sample CDs, because those were my gateway to extreme music. That was my like big push mm. to stuff outside of, outside of things that I was seeing in, um, you know, like Metal Edge or Hit Parader or, or that like friends were, that like my you know that you were gonna buy at Sam Goody and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Century Media was like a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah, they were gatekeepers in a good way. Uh huh. But it reminded me of this phenomenon that that I used to experience when I was pirating a lot of metal, and um, it happened. I feel like it happened the most with Century Media, um, but I think it happened with other labels as well, where they would like insert like an audio watermark in the song to like deter. Uh, piracy okay and so you'd be like listening to like the latest like nevermore album 
and he'd be like, and the river dragon has, you are listening to the new Nevermore album on Century Media Records has come, or whatever. Like it dips out. And yeah, this... like the music gets quiet, yeah. and then like a random dude's voice comes up, you're listening to the new Nevermore album. Wow. And it was uh, really goofy, and it really took you out of it. Really oh my you God. That's, uh, you never experienced that? I did not. Man. I did yeah. not. I feel like I had like a lot of songs on, on Napster that had that happen. Wild. Maybe all the ones that I had just didn't give a shit enough to <laughs> to try to do that. No, what I, the, that's a lot of effort. Yeah, the phenomenon I did have a lot, which is like a song by like Megadeth being called like Metallica or you know. Oh yeah. Where it's just the band is named incorrectly, so there was a lot of music for quite a while that I didn't know who actually did it. Yeah. Because of that sort of thing. Me, me, and Jed still fight because he. So, do you remember the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack? By any chance? Somewhat. Wasn't okay. there like rap on it and also metal? No. Oh. There was not. That was a sp- mm. um, I mean, that was Judgment Night. First, it was Judgment yeah. Night. But then there was like the Spawn soundtrack where they're like, we're going to do that, but with techno. Hell yeah, man. Slayer uh, and Atari Teenage Riot. You fucking kidding me? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but Freddy vs. Jason was just like a bunch of like, oh, here's an Il Nino song and a Spine Chain song and a mm-hmm. Lamb of God song and an In Flames song and. It was just a song. I mean, maybe there's some alternate version out there that I don't fucking know about. But that's the only that's that's the version I had, and and I and like I remember like listening to like a certain Il Nino song and Jet being like, "Oh yeah, that's the one they did with Orbital, right?" <laughs> or some like some shit like that. Um, I was like, "No, that's that's just that's just Il Nino," <laughs> but because when he fucking torrented it. Uh-huh. It was oh the metadata was all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, no, yeah. people would just name shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a certain way. Gotcha. Uh, like a big one that I always remember is the. There was a weird. It wasn't metal. It was just like. It sounded like System of a Down, but apparently it wasn't. But it was some band doing the Legend of Zelda theme, and they created oh. like lyrics for it and shit. But it sounds like Surge and System of a Down. It's got that like, that yeah. wacky quality to it, but apparently it's not. It's great though, but it was labeled System of a Down because somebody thought it was. That's so stuff like that. Yeah. That's a totally different. That's a different time, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you would just have like, oh man, I just I have this like CD of music that if a friend gave me, and I, I don't know who it is. Yep, just an MP3 <laughs> disc with like a 300 songs on it. Awesome. <laughs> Didn't know who any of them were. I miss those days when there was some little bit of mystery involved. A little bit of danger. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true because that is, that is definitely um, that's definitely gone. It felt like you were. It felt like you were. Um, I, I don't have a good analogy, but it felt like you were sort of actively and slowly chipping away at like the universe of things there is to know about music. Mm. With each discovery that you made, it was like an incremental like chipping away at the mystery of like what's all out there, and you like you don't know how big the ocean is. Yeah, it could be a thousand cool bands, or it could be a hundred cool bands. Like, how many more bands are like Opeth? I don't know. Let me look right. it up. You know, like Dan Swano. Like, who was he influenced by? Like, and you were kind of right. incrementally widening your field of view of mm-hmm. what what was out there, uh, because that was just the the limitation that we had. And now there's there's like it's all algorithmically driven, which is amazing because you can find things so much quicker. And you can find because everything has like is has been meticulously like metadata tagged or whatever. It's like you can look things up basically just by like 
vibe like Opeth plus Spine Shank, and it's like the algorithm's like, oh, here's what you want, and it gives yeah. you exactly what you were looking for. Like, yep. Nimic. Yeah. There you go. Um, I mean, you can type that into an AI art generator, and it'll spit you out an album cover of that band also. <laughs> oh, my God. When are they going to come out with an AI music, like a song generator? They, there, there, there was a proto version of that in, like, the mid-'90s, and it was something that was packed into Windows, I think, 98. I can't remember what it was called. I knew Windows 98 was ahead of its time. Absolutely. It was really bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I heard a podcast about it recently, but it was like this generative music uh, uh, program, and it did exactly that, where it's like you feed it. I can't remember if you feed it a stem and it tries to build it off of that, mm. or if you feed it keywords or whatever it was, but it was sort of a similar thing. Wow. Uh, really ahead of its time, didn't work, and so it didn't go anywhere, but they should totally do that again. Mm. And I knew Bill Gates earned all that money. For something that's fucking DOS, fuck that. No, <laughs> this garbage art program. Have you seen any of the AI art generated stuff? I have, I have, and and dude, it's it, like as a horror fan, <laughs> that's all it creates is absolute horror. I guess so. None yeah. of it's good, yeah. but it's good. It's for what I want. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there is a there is like a. It does pull on those threads of of like cosmic horror. There's a uh, there's an artist a, a Polish artist named uh, uh, I think Szczesław Piksinski is his name. Okay. And he, he's like famous for doing this like horrific World War One inspired uh, like cosmic horror ish. Okay. Just absolute depression and death and all this stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff that comes out of those programs looks like what he does, mm. but like unintentionally so mm, because everything is just so warped and melted into itself and unintelligible right. but like kind if you like glance out of the side of your the corner of your eye it looks mm. like something right right but then right, you look right, 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 right at it and it's just a horror you know yeah yeah like there's there's not a um it's abstract but it's not <laughs> it's it's abstract in a way that feels wrong <laughs> yeah it's it's extremely like computer trying to be human energy yeah <laughs> which is the best but also the worst uh -huh. uncanny maybe is another way to describe it but absolutely like, it's like abstract but not intentionally it's actually trying very hard not to be abstract it's like trying to represent something it thinks is real but yeah. it doesn't know the difference between real and abstract so what it ends up creating is like this weird uncanny thing where you like you know what it's trying to say and you can feel it just the same as if it was not abstract but it kind of is <laughs> yes it's the best. Yeah, that is. It's real gross. That is horror. That is horror. But yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, those are those are awesome. But also, you can just you can just type in like, uh, show me uh, the grimace winning the NBA championship, <laughs> and it shows you that it's horrible. But it, you, you, that's what that is. Huh. Yeah. And you can recognize it. Yeah, the grimace okay. has the the fucking trophy. As long as you don't scrutinize it too much, you're like, yeah, that's totally that's it. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. A friend of mine was talking to me about all that stuff, and and he was, he was like very sort of like, somehow it got real real quickly, real quickly went to the subject of like transhumanism, hmm. um, of mm -hmm. this like, you know, integration of biology and technology kind of stuff. Cybernetic like, organism. Yeah, and I, I was like, man, I don't. I just I was like I just think that this is just going to be an, another way to not pay artists for doing things <laughs> um is is like the first that that's like the first thing that like occurs to me you know because whenever 
whenever like someone is able to um oh, okay well i need i need these images or i need this um or, or even with music right like i need music that isn't going to be copyright flagged as anything else to fit this commercial that feels like these songs like i need i need it to feel like youtube but but wistful like wistful beautiful day or something like that and then it generates something that's like has a good enough 30 seconds to use in your movie or whatever right you know what i mean like that that's that's where i see that stuff ending up well it's it's like i mean i'm sure i'm not the first person to make this draw this parallel but it's like it's like when when uh, mechanization entered because of the industrial revolution and people were really sad because like you know dudes who used to like bend pipes for a living no longer had a job mm-hmm. and that was like there was something sad about that you know but ultimately it's probably better that like humans don't have to bend pipes i guess right they can be free to do other things but art it's like you should probably have that still even if a machine could do it it's probably beneficial to society and humanity if people are still doing it like whereas pipe bending doesn't necessarily have to involve a human i guess there's probably some benefits right. to that as well but it's different right. when we're talking about like creating something i don't know maybe maybe bending pipes is art who's to say i'm sure somebody's doing it out there somewhere yeah yeah cuz there is i mean well and, and there is always at the advent of any sort of technology there's amongst musicians in particular, like there's always resistance. Like people were like harpsichord players were in clavinet, clavinet. No, um, oh god, that sounds like a real word. Clavier. Um, well, cause I think like one is like an electronic, um, sound. Like mm. like like the, like the, um, Stevie Wonder song that everyone fucking references. Every superstition. Like that's a <laughs> clavinet sound. But man, whatever. My brain's not firing. But like. <laughs> This, the the keyed stringed instrument that preceded the piano, right? When the piano was invented, people were mad as fuck <laughs> about it. They're like, oh, this is a stupid fucking instrument, blah, 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 blah. Wait till they see the player piano. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but there's always that kind of, there's always resistance at that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how many times have you heard it's getting better now? But there's still like there's still that one dude that's like triggers are cheating, mm-hmm. you know, in, sure. in in the metal drumming and stuff like that or or whatever. And it's you know it's just it's just an integration of the music of the instrument with technology, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sure people bitched about electric guitars and like amplification and like oh you know you can't oh, yeah. not really yeah. playing that sure. you know you can't play that loud for real. <laughs> Come on, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> so what? it's like did people bitch whatever like like that like did people get mad when they put snares on the bottom of snare drums so that you could probably probably better, yeah. <laughs> better hear the exact cadence they were doing as they were trying to communicate things over miles and distances and whatnot um there was just there was this one rip ass fucking drummer who could like play with that amazing articulation on on some fucking like bay ass fucking stupid drum and then here comes some asshole barely practiced with a snare drum it's like it'll be louder than that mm-hmm. you know but if if the question is were people mad when X changed the answer is always yes yes, yes. yeah the answer is yeah. always yes yeah yeah I remember hearing um it was actually like it was at this workshop with Adam Deitch. And this uh, this bandy's in called Break Science, um, but them talking about like that because what they do, 
is they sort of are like they blur the lines between like jam band and like electronic music like on stage like there's do with a laptop piano sequencer or whatever like doing that with a live drummer building loops and doing it all sort of organically um and just sort of but the whole like sort of theme of the workshop and everything was sort of that you know like what did he say he said be a bridge between two worlds you know like this kind of idea of like oh you're in the you know you're in the classical world and you're in the electronic world we'll combine those and push it forward people are going to always have resistance to those types of things but blah 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 you know and it was just such a cool perspective to hear um because i grew up in i don't i don't know why but i remember growing up in an environment where older musicians always seemed very curmudgeonly oh, yeah. and, and very much like, well, there's a right way to do it mm-hmm. and this is it. And you can do it the wrong way if you want to, mm-hmm. I guess. And to hear older musicians that I respected that were sort of like, you know, yeah, no, man, mix this with that, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And just didn't have any weird sort of hierarchical hangups and it was really cool and inspirational to hear that, but also really surprising to hear that historical tidbit about like, yeah, the piano. People were mad about the fucking piano. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. What's interesting about the the art stuff is like, uh, obviously that argument immediately came up, which was like, or the the worry, you know, like, oh shit, what now? It's gonna automate our jobs away, and that is a natural thing to think. I think. Yeah, I said think a lot there. Um, but it seems like what's happening is a computer is never going to be able to do art the way a human can do art. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it's just not, it's not something, because all that it's doing is referencing and relating mm-hmm. yeah. and approximating. It's right. not, it's not being creative. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right, 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 right. And so the interesting thing that's kind of happened is because of how, um, because of how like weirdly ambiguous and sort of some so uncanny and somewhat off and sort of vague and general these things end up being what is actually coming of it is like it's good for concept art mm. it, because the whole point of concept art is to give you an idea yeah 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 right sure. not to be the art for the thing but mm. just to plant a seed mm-hmm. sure and that kind of makes sense and that seems to me where it's going to be, where it's going to shine. Sure. It, I, it, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to put, Interesting. it might yeah. put concept artists out of business to some extent. Yeah. But probably not to the extent that people think. Well, and like, that's the thing too. I remember reading a Sidney Lament's, Sidney Lament's book uh, called Making Movies. And he, um, like he did 12 Angry Men and um, fucking. Network. Network. That's the one that I, that's like the yeah. one that I know him for so much. And, and, and um dog day afternoon oh yeah yeah you know what i mean like oh yeah yeah he's one of the best like filmmakers it's like 12 angry men is like top tier right movie. right 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 and, and he's really is really interesting but anyway this one little not to go off on a whole sydney lament tangent but there was a very specific thing where he talked about um that there was no there's no there's been no improvement in technology no advent in technology that decreased workload yeah. In the film industry. Because he was like, we used to mix the entire sound for a movie in one fucking day. Like, we would go and we would sit in the theater, hands on the fucking faders, run that shit to print, and turn that shit up and down. 
as as the fucking movie played and 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 we would do that a few times Mm -hmm. and then the third time was the one that we kept you know he's like now it takes me i mean and the book was written i guess probably maybe in the fucking 2000s or something maybe okay you know and he's like now it takes me fucking three weeks four weeks to do the sound mix huh you know because because it's so complicated. It's done digitally. It's on, it's, you know, it's all, you know. Well, there's a lot more variables and things to change and tweak and perfect. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you were not even possible. There's like, it's like you were seeing in, in fewer dimensions or hearing in fewer dimensions before. And now you've like opened up more dimensions to, to manipulate. Yeah. And each one of those dimensions now may take, a, you know, it requires its own set of, you know, scrutiny and, and yeah. tactics to deal with. Right. And there, there kind of like becomes this, I don't know, man. It's like, it only kind of, this is a thing that I wanted to get into a little later in, in a sense, I guess, but there almost becomes like an upping the ante, right? Like if there's, if there's one person who does their sound mix in a movie to that degree or does their color grading in a movie to that degree or, or, you know, changes the lighting on the screen in subtle ways to guide your eye where they want you to focus during a dialogue and stuff like that, then kind of everyone has to do it now Mm -hmm. if you're going to compete in that space. Um, And so once, once someone gives you that, that's that score and that sound, that sound design and everything that is like perfectly EQ'd and, and just works amazingly well, blah, 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 blah. You can't like fucking put a movie out that has like a, a has a score that sounds like 1972 and sound design like 1972, <laughs> unless that's an intentional part of your art. Right. Yeah. Right. And that could be for better or for worse too. Cause like there was a good 10 year stretch pretty recently where everything sounded like a fucking Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, just drowned out and <laughs> dialogue way mixed way to the back here and just can't hear anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are they, are are they still like making movies really dark? Is that still a thing? <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen a new movie in a while. <laughs> I the the worst culprit to me besides the like Game of Thrones episode was um. This is kind of a stretch. The Predator, the Alien versus Predator Requiem movie. Mm. I think so, I missed that one. Yeah, you didn't miss much, man. It was a real, and I'm a fan. Okay, I'm a fan. Like, I'll, well, it sounds I'll, like even if you watch it, you could you missed it because it was too damn dark, dude. Fucking for real, dude. <laughs> Got him. Like, you went through all this effort to fucking have like a predator suit and a dude and all that and fucking aliens and I would be lighting it from every angle as bright as possible. <laughs> yes. Just yeah, under four lights. Like, have it like a football game. And, <laughs> And like, um, but no, but it's like, oh, because they tried to make it like a horror movie, but like, but it's an action, whatever. And you, but it's like, there's this crazy fight scene. You can't fucking tell what's happening. It's fucking, you know, it's like, well, I bet that was cool. I'm paying $12 for a cinema. I want to see every speck of see dust on the predator's nutsack. <laughs> That's what God I mean. God damn it. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh. Oh man, just leave leave it to AVP to fucking kill the momentum. Uh, but yeah, I as guess as per usual, as per mm-hmm. usual. But I guess like with that, the AI art and stuff, like you'll just you you know like because whatever a <clears throat> I don't want to make a generalization like that. Um, I would like you were saying like I wouldn't be surprised if okay, well, what artists can do with that, or what artists can be inspired to do with that, will be valuable and unique. 
Yeah. And I think that's what it's going to come down to is that it's going to become just another tool for artists to uh-huh. use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe on some level, if you're, because uh, some places do employ like concept artists, or at least they contract them out or something like that, uh, for for films or games or whatever. Yeah. Um, but maybe some of them don't have the money to pay for one, and they just use this and right. make do, or, or you know whatever. Right, because there there is gonna always sort of be that sort of a like a context and a and a discernment. And you just don't get that without someone who's just really spent the time in the craft, you know, to, mm-hmm. to know what's good about a thing, you know, like it, you have to, you have to, you know, you have to have like recorded a lot of music to know when a take is good, even, mm-hmm. you know, or to know when a song is good, you can't, you know, and so if someone who doesn't have that contextual knowledge and that discernment and that depth like they're gonna, they're not gonna know if it's, you know what I mean. Like that might be a great idea in it, but then it might be non-functional in a sense, and they're not gonna be able to discern it. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I also think that people are generally very bad at predicting with any level of precision the eventual importance of new technologies sure. or the lack thereof. Totally, they tend yeah. to like way overvalue things that become novelties at best for sure. and way undervalue things that transform society. You know, there's very few people that yeah. like can actually see the future in that, in that regard. And I think any, any new technology that comes up um, mm-hmm. is going to have a lot of, a lot of momentum at first because of the novelty of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe a few like proofs of concept that like kind of blow people's socks off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of fizzles out. And then you might have the exact inverse where, something that doesn't look all that interesting or cool, like immediately ends up being the most important technological advancement, you know? I mean, that's, that's, that's like Facebook, right? Like I didn't, <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. You know, it was years before I got on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought I would be a, the king of MySpace forever. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> I was coding my own HTML pages on MySpace, and now, now look at us. Um, well, partially it was because I didn't go to a cool college, so I wasn't mm. allowed access to yeah. Facebook. Speaking really? of gatekeeping. Oh, yeah. It was only like certain universities at first <sighs> yeah. and whatnot. Fucking Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Like that. Like Allison's like an OG fucking Facebook user. Cause yeah. She... My, my login is my uh.edu address. Still. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so better than you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are. You are. You are. You're, you're, your college costs more than my college, so... <laughs> You're you're a higher class citizen <laughs> than I am. Uh, hey, I don't make the and, rules. And you have a and you and you uh, have a job where you use your degree. And so uh, barely, I got a physics degree and I can't even get a job using a physics degree. <laughs> and <laughs> I've got a physics degree. You mean to tell me you got a physics degree and you can't even figure out how to use your physics degree? Yeah, it is. Like you about to use it for a lever or something. You didn't get a degree in job on you got a degree in physics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Put the car before the horse there. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> But you should, but have got yeah. a, you should have got your degree in recruitment so you could recruit yourself in yeah, there it is. That's, <laughs> there it is. That's thinking. Um but yeah, I didn't you know, I didn't think that like Oh yeah, cool. This is gonna radicalize my, my uncle, you know, like or this is gonna oh, like Oh god, yeah. Can you imagine? You know? Like, oh man, I better not try to look up my ex on here because eventually this is, you know, my uh, my grandma is gonna send me gonna send me memes about how the Jews are really behind everything, you know. So, yeah, 
It's probably good for society. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not good. Yeah, it's not that good because I, I like my metal drum nerds group, you know. That, uh, but that that that's the first thing that came to my mind when you're talking about like you know you're not able to predict these yeah. things. Yeah, I th- there's there's probably a weird difference. I can't think of enough technologies to talk about like that. But there's probably a weird dividing line between like the the technology being used for a specific purpose and then like kind of what Facebook is, which is like just what it became good mm. for, mm. which is kind of like mass mailing your shitty message out to everybody and right and then siloing them off to where they can not have alternative viewpoints well and it and it didn't start that way that's kind of what i mean yeah yeah right it didn't start that way it started and like for the longest time they were very intentional but like no ads no ads no ads no ads ads aren't cool Mm -hmm. blah 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 and they just sort of waited it seems until Really, until the older dynamic, the older demographic got hooked, and then they're like, "Yeah, man, fucking four truck month, like fucking do it," you know. Put those. Well, speaking of like people hating things that change, I I remember when Facebook changed like the 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 timeline from like a wall. It used to be called a wall, yeah, right. and then they changed it to a timeline, and that was like one of those you know forks in the road that yeah. led to the path that we're now on because that was just them trying to like increase engagement by like curating algorithmically the content that you're seeing, as opposed to a sequential list of random posts from your friends. Right. Facebook said, man, at a certain point, people's friends list probably get too big. It gets beyond Dunbar's number or whatever. Uh, let's, let's curate it for them, you know, and probably from a benevolent point of view, they're like, well, we can give them more things that are relevant to them. And also we'll drive more engagement. And then that like fork point is like, basically that was the path that took us down to, the point where your uncle gets radicalized, right? Because right. it just got really good at that, and 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 uh, unintentionally or not, you know. It, yeah, like it just it keeps sort of like sharpening and refining yeah. that blade of like, yeah. you know, like A B testing into oblivion. <laughs> because if you're yeah. on a, if you're on that Facebook team, you're building that software. Like, what do you want to do? You want to fucking optimize it. Right. You want to make it better. Yeah. Doing whatever it does. And if no one's there to be like, hey, but, um, this could be bad for for <laughs> right. a laundry list of reasons, then yeah, because which is apparently something they didn't have for a very long time, and maybe kind of don't anymore. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, there's um, <clears throat> highly recommend the behind the bastard episodes on 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 Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do a good job recapping <laughs> that shit, but it's it's pretty mind blowing. Um, you know, like. So here, here's sort of like an example of the things of like um, rolling out Facebook into countries or regions um, where they have no understanding of the culture there to the point to where they don't even have the sort of the user agreement in the language mm-hmm. of the country that they're putting it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no one on Facebook staff that, that, is, that knows anything about what's going on in there and so then it and then they will outsource it to the users themselves to find problematic posts like posts that are like inciting genocide and Mm. things like that you know what i mean and because they can't be like bothered to employ people like oh well you know it looks like these people are trying to get a bunch of group you know a bunch of people together to go kill a bunch of other people well, you know, both sides, you know, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm just one person, da 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 da, da you know. So. Or, or, I mean, the argument from those companies is always like, you know, we don't, 
we don't want to put the message up there. We we don't want to limit the message. We just want to make it the message available, mm-hmm. whatever the message may be. But that can't be how it works. Yeah, and um, so but it, it like anyway. Um, Ironically, like that it, that might be a, an argument in favor of like corporate bureaucracies mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they have a governing effect uh, on moving too quickly and 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 uh, doing things. Um, without having some level of like what seems probably like bullshit red tape at the time uh, or like, you know, it, overhead, administrative overhead. Yeah. Um, generally, those things are put in place to like limit the risk of the entity that's trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Facebook didn't really have those things because their motto was literally move fast, break things. Right. Yeah, literally. Right. So they were like, no, that's that's not how we operate. And they moved so fast and broke so many things that they accidentally might have incited genocide. Whoops. Like, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe it's okay to like slow down sometimes. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And then they were in this new space where there wasn't sort of a clean line of accountability either. You know, whereas if, you know, like in like older industries or whatever, you know, oh, sorry, like this, you know, oh, I made a product and, you know, or like I made some animal crackers and a bunch of fucking people ate it and used it and then they used it the wrong way and a bunch of fucking people died. And it's like, oh, well, fucking you're accountable for that. You made a, you know, your product, like these people would not have died if they did not encounter your product. You're encounter, you're, you're, you're accountable for that in some sense. And like with the social media stuff, there's like no, there's no clear lines on any of that, you know, because it's still a young phenomenon, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm and whatnot yeah like for for annoying as like bureaucracy can be and for as much evil as it can be used for like there is a reason that it was developed Mm -hmm. and is put in place yeah Uh, it just doesn't always get used for that i suppose not so and i never i never i don't remember using facebook to like discover cool new music that was all myspace <laughs> yeah that's true all of the tours i ever was on were booked on myspace and like facilitated via myspace almost 95 percent yep mm-hmm. yeah so maybe 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 we really 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 lost something with myspace there yeah we owe tom an apology we, don't know, we didn't know what we had he's still my only friend <laughs> <laughs> i mean in a lot of ways well in a, in a lot of ways like yeah because I, I don't know man i don't know it was it's hard for me to like really engage in that in like a in like a I think an objective way just because of the age, because we're like a how old are you? Thirty five. Five. Okay, so I'm we're like four years older than you. Hmm. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. And so when MySpace was around, how old were you? Like oh, when God. you got your MySpace account? Yeah, I mean that probably. I mean, yeah, high school. I high guess. school. Yeah. Where I was a sophomore, junior. I was like a. I was in like my. For third or fourth year of college like 20 21 mm-hmm. something like that yeah 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 i was i was already at lamar so i'd already done like three years of community college so you mm-hmm. know um yeah like well into adult mm-hmm. and you know what i mean and so like that <laughs> um i don't have as much of a uh and then it seemed like pretty quickly like it was like oh well this is really cool for like a few years mm-hmm and like, oh, I reconnected. I reconnected with some people from high school. Oh, cool, neat, right? Mm-hmm. And then, within a few years, it was like, oh, well, now it's all about Facebook. Um, yeah, that stuff was moving really fast because early yeah. on you were like in chat rooms or you were on AIM. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. finding people to talk to, or you were in IRC if you were really fucking cool or playing games. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. And then yeah, MySpace sort of brought that to 
a, a wider group of people and let them right. socialize better and then live journal and then right. Uh, but I remember a big part of MySpace was like, you know, like it was music. Music, yeah, yeah. That was oh, yeah. a big part of it because there was a song you could have when somebody came to your page yeah. and you could you could put all your songs on there. I remember doing yeah. that. Yeah, all, my bands had like yeah that that we would use a little you know whatever flash player that was thing, yeah. yeah 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 real yeah. player i remember perhaps. the all severed myspace yeah. you know we did all that did all that shit and well, like we had an angel fire site also because we're old because <laughs> yeah, we had a site in high school yeah um html uh 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 not pains what's the word shitty old site <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know what you're trying to say. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Oh, okay. man. I don't know. I can't think of it. Uh, Damn it. But yeah. This podcast like... is sponsored by Squarespace. Yeah. <laughs> when, are you, when are you getting the, the sponsorships, bro? Oh, man. Probably <laughs> when I have more than 10 viewers <laughs> per episode. Bluetooth. I feel like Squarespace is just throwing them out like candy. Maybe so. Pretty much. Maybe so. Well, they have been for a long time. Yeah, yeah the, 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 but their sponsorship will be like, we'll give you a discount. We'll get, you know, yeah, on right. your own website. Yeah, right. That'll be, that'll be the sponsorship. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I do remember like, yeah, I don't know. So, so much of it was just attached to like dating, and like trying. Like that's why I like signed up for Facebook was I was like oh well this girl I likes on Facebook mm. or this ex of mine is on Facebook that I'm and I'm that's not a good reason <laughs> no it's not you know, and it's been it's been trouble ever since um, but well I mean but that was like kind of the onset that was like what this what it was intended for from the very beginning right yeah you know the Facebook yeah 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 I put it off for a very long time and then I think like 2010 11 something like that. I finally signed up for it because people were like, we want to be able to invite you to these things that we're doing. And I was like, that's reason yeah. enough. And then I just, I posted like 10 times and never used it. Past yeah. That, so. Yeah. That's probably healthy, I guess. Uh, yeah. Anyway, no one uh, wants to talk about Facebook. No one wants to talk about Facebook. No one wants to talk about this shit. The last hour is going to be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> the last hour. <laughs> we're going to come back around. We're going to have an inspired Facebook thing. I don't, I don't know, man. More than anything is it just fucking buzz me out. Um, because uh what just facebook in general or yeah man because yeah like i want to <laughs> see i want to like as like an engagement i don't want to unfollow people i don't want to like be forced to unfollow people like for like my mental fucking health it's like oh yeah man dude, i'd love to be friends with my friend's dad sure yeah man <laughs> i'm totally cool with that dude seeing pictures of my kid and you know i oh, yeah for sure and then and then it's like, goddamn! Every day you got to put in like an anti-trans meme. <laughs> every day, every day. Goddamn yeah. it! All right, sorry, bye bye, dude. Like whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing my friend's dad at a bar once every two years. That's cool, but not like, not being my friend on social media. Like I think that's too much. Yeah. Not, not everyone needs to be in that space. I think. Well, well, like I like I mentioned before when we talked when we got into this shit a little bit like a few months ago is it's is it's like I don't seek these fuckers out. <laughs> they seek you out. Yeah, <laughs> like send me the friend request that I I I'm like yeah. I'm like okay well yeah sure I remember hanging with you that one time that was nice okay and then and then like now I just like see the garbage that they just fucking intake. And it's like and exhale. Yeah, it's like man, like I don't know, man. It bums me out because it's like I don't know, I don't like it could be better. I think it bums me out because I see what 
I see what that approximates of like of seeing the people that you care about on a regular basis. And I like that. Mm, mm. I miss that. You yeah. know? Um and I miss being able to like if my if my cousin or my friend's dad or whatever is going to say like some crazy inflammatory thing, being able to, you know, like while we're watching the Super Bowl or whatever, to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like having that mm-hmm. space to 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 do that there in person and then not have to do it publicly. And now I'm arguing with all his boomer friends too, yeah, yeah. and 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 all this sort of stuff, and it just it just becomes like sort of like a, a flag waving like signaling ground or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's a show of force and numbers and stuff like that, and it was like, I don't know, but I'm still like nostalgic for the social situations where I would be around these people. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think is yeah, I think that's why it makes me why it makes me sad. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, it's it's a it's a poor facsimile of, of an actual social interaction. And it, yeah. Yeah. It kind of, because of the format and the, and the mechanism, it, it, it doesn't really facilitate a more meaningful connection because you don't have, you know, basic stuff like eye contact and body language and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, real time um, tone of voice. Yeah. All these things we use to communicate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. So, Instead, yeah. I'll just like it, or or I'll put a crying, laughing face at something you said that was really serious. Yeah, yeah. because fuck you. Yeah, because yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I talk about it too much. <laughs> um, I mean, we can talk about MySpace some more. <laughs> <laughs> I again, like I, you, you talk about MySpace, and I think about like booking all Severed Severed shows, and I think about the girl I was dating when I used MySpace. That's what I think about. Yeah. Um, I still say the best one is Twitter uh, because I only follow people on it. I don't use it myself. Oh, okay. I use it. I follow news. I find out mm-hmm. news of the world. I, I see funny shit. I see educational shit. Mm-hmm. And then I see video game shit. And that's what I look at. created your own. And you don't know so, any of those people. Exactly. That's the key. <laughs> that's don't, don't know any of them. That's and the fair. more of them you know, the more you can see that maybe the cracks start to show, and you're like, oh, "Unfollow that person." Oh, I see. I so see, use I use see. it as an as an information repository. You don't you don't put yourself out there because that's how you get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's uh, that's Robert's that's Robert's whole mm. thing. Um. Mm. <laughs> hey man, I'm with you there. <laughs> don't give them too much. Yeah. <laughs> Not those fuckers. <laughs> Not, not me, man. I'm, 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 al- I'm always putting up too much out there, <laughs> and, and always, always getting hurt. That's why we love you. Uh, well, you know, it's, it's just what I am, I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess we can kind of like talk about the shit we were gonna talk about. Let's talk about some shit. Talk about some shit. All right. So shit. the premise of the episode was that you're moving. Um, <laughs> that is the premise. <laughs> Let's talk about. Well, I don't want to say where you're going because I don't know if you want to say that. Because. So. Well, cause it no was, one can know. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, it was like, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun the last time. Hmm. And uh, I don't know. You're a smart dude. You have lots of really cool insights on all these, all this musical shit that I'm interested in. Debatable. And. 
Plus, you really like reinventing the steel, and I just want to put you under a microscope. <laughs> and it's like, who yes. is this guy? <laughs> who is this strange? Well, specimen. let the record show that there was a YouTube comment on the sh- on the episode there that was one. totally oh, yeah? totally vindicated me. Oh man, good. Great. Well, to be fair, but one, you know, just one. His big point, his big tirade was that we were misrepresenting history. In a sense. Oh, yeah. He even used the word revisionist history. Yeah, that's the word. Revisionist history. Revisioning the steel. I'm going to read that comment. (laughs) You're right. No, he he didn't actually have qualitative arguments about the music per se. Right. His his argument was that like you you've created a false narrative about the context in which it was released. And like Mm. that Pantera hated it and everyone hated it. And he's like, in fact, Pantera loved it. They supported it. They weren't fighting during it. All of that happened after it came out and all this other stuff. And uh, but he didn't actually say the music is good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so maybe i wasn't vindicated um interesting i i mean you know i can get how someone could get like rubbed the wrong way because sometimes i'll get excited and i'll speculate and be like mm. i can imagine phil like god damn it phil stop doing fucking heroin and get your ass to dallas so we can fucking write a goddamn record you know like i can you know but i don't i of, co- of course i don't fucking know i don't know i don't know what was going on but i also know all the other fucking music that like i know okay so they did trend kill in 96 and then reinvent still wasn't until 2000 yeah. and phil released a lot of weird underground crazy fucking metal records in that period mm. so he was doing something that was not pantera so there's some reason for that mm-hmm. um because if we anyway yeah the episode is back there. Y'all can go check it out. Yeah. Um, we said a lot of nice things about Pantera for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I mean. Can take some shit talking. For sure. Um, but so, like, we had thrown us idea about like, having you back. Okay, we'll have you back talk about Metallica. We'll have you mm-hmm. back talk about this. Da, 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 da. And it was like, oh, shit, you're leaving in, like, 13 days or some shit. <laughs> all right, well, uh, I'm just going to make some crazy fucking playlist, and we're going to talk about all of it. <laughs> We're gonna talk about your music. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> rapid fire around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so I made a playlist of songs that either we have songs or bands or songs off of albums that we have talked about explicitly already that we've had conversations about, or that I know that we both have a have a have a relationship with of some sense, or maybe something I wanted to bounce off of you, or or songs from uh, bands whose concerts we've seen each other at Mm. now let me clarify these are not like hey man you want to go see this band together no 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 like we're just there independently like oh hey yeah i don't think that's happened with another person as much as it's or like a closer friend of mine as much as it's happened with you um was it you guys that we saw that we saw at machine head was it baroness baroness and deaf heaven yeah yeah we ran into him and amanda that's right yeah Yeah. exactly yeah even me yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Go. I'm a man about town. Uh, yeah. And uh so so yeah, so that's the kind of the the idea I had of the playlist. And also the spirit of it was like I didn't want to ask you to have to do work. Hmm. I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to ask you to make a playlist. I was like, let me just fucking do my best. And uh and uh here's a bunch of stuff you probably already know. Yeah, have yeah, yeah. That you you know that you don't have to think about it. Have you some know opinions what I mean? about it. And so and there's sort of like some concepts and some ideas that these songs sort of represent mm-hmm. that I want to riff on, but I didn't tell y'all what those are, so we'll get there when we get there. Um, but yeah, so so what did you, what did you think of, of the list I sent you? Yeah, um, you know, we, we were briefly texting about it. I'll pull it up again just so it's fresh in my mind, but 
Um, I felt like, you know, I, I didn't want to over prepare. So I wanted, I wanted to kind of have the, make the conversation relatively free flowing, but just glancing through the list and it was very, I felt like it was ripe for ideas to talk about beyond the notes on the page, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff in here has like very, str- I have very strong, like, uh, connotations to you know like they make me think of very specific times in my life and okay. and uh like p- you know uh specific points in my journey and, and things like that um and also just a couple of funny ones too that are going to be fun to talk about <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, it's like it's a very it's it's like kind of a combination of like memory lane and also like a few things that that I don't have a strong like memory of mm-hmm. but but I feel like even almost wistful that I don't if that makes sense that does make sense yeah yeah because that a big part of my sort of trip the past few years the past I guess like six years since I started to like really like oh fuck I just fucking love death metal you know. <laughs> has been going back and trying to uncover all these stones and things that I missed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, you know, and, and a lot of this I did hear like, so, but anyway, so I understand what you're saying about like this kind of like wistful, like I did, I, I don't have an attachment to this, but I kind of almost, I don't know, like, like suffocation is a big one for me because suffocation I didn't get into until, you know, like 2016, 2017, but I feel like that's a band, if I would have heard them, you know, mm-hmm. back in the late 90s, I would have, like, they would have be they would have been my favorite band then, too, you right. know, or one of my favorite bands then, too, so there's this kind of, like, this, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's, it's an interesting thing that I think is, like, kind of speaks to our music discovery process Mm -hmm. growing up that we were kind of limited. Like I couldn't, we couldn't just like, all right, well, let me just listen to all of the, like all of the 30 old school death metal bands and pick my favorite one. Yeah, exactly. You know what you can do now, you know, you can be like, Oh, I don't really prefer cannibal corpse. I think, uh, you know what, but but death is a little too meh, you know, gore gets a little too, you know, pestilence, Mm -hmm. pestilence. I love pestilence you know like you can a b test all of these things down to your exact taste you can find all the stuff you like and make a playlist out of it whereas before you had to have all of those cds available yes. to make your cd out of it yeah. which i may still have i may have all these cds but that's not that's neither here nor there one of the one of the like <laughs> one of the like you know speaking of like you know technology changing you know mm-hmm. things and and sometimes good bad neutral ways one of the things that that like it it makes me kind of sad i guess or yeah i guess sad is the right word um is the fact that like i think also that's just a function of getting older and just getting lazier um with like the content that i consume um mm-hmm. and maybe that maybe the system has made me lazy you know but like i i don't create playlists do you guys mm. create playlists not even at all not even. all the time Okay. In fact, only when we do it for this show yeah. is when I create a playlist. I'm an album person. Through Interesting. Through. Okay. Well, okay. You know, okay. I make playlists for like runs mm. and things like okay. that. Fair. And then I will make playlists of like a few albums that like, okay, well, these are albums I want to, I need to listen to, you know, at oh, some sure. point like that. You know what I mean? But, but, um, but that's, like, that's like a, that's like a playlist in the most like 
pedantic sense. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I see yeah, what you yeah, mean, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. But you mean like sort of like curating, Cur- curating a, like a like uh, the, the 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 analog or I mean the actual like specific thing that I'm thinking of that I used to do back in the day is burn a CD, not even an MP3 CD, because I think this was even like before I, I really knew how to do that or that was even much of a thing. But like burn a physical CD of like twelve to fifteen songs of random shit that you downloaded on Napster, you know, mm-hmm. and just replaying it over and over again because that was just like the best, you know, course of uh, the best option that you had. Yeah. And and nowadays, um, again, I think it's a function of a lot of things like me getting older and and the system getting simpler and 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 the system making it easy to be lazy. But like, I don't ever really curate much about any content that I consume anymore. Music being really no exception to the point where, and I feel guilty about it. And I was actually going to say uh, one of the things that this list almost made me feel a little bit of is um, it makes me kind of feel like an imposter sometimes because huh. I'll like, I'll, I'll know like one song in a genre that I want to listen to. And it could be technical death metal and it could be like R and B or it can be like bluegrass. Right. I'll know one example of that. And I'll just let the algorithm start a playlist off of that mm. and just, allow the music to kind of flow over me and occasionally maybe something will stand out and I'll go out of my way to like favorite it or something like that. But like, it's a very passive experience now Mm -hmm. and music in many ways for me has just become a, um, afterthought or just something that I passively consume as opposed to something that I'm like actively trying to, uh, curate and find because, because it feels too easy and it doesn't feel special and there's no mystery anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, at any po- moment in time, if I feel the hankering to listen to something, I can just go find it. You know, it's kind of like staring at your Netflix queue and just not watching anything. Exactly. For like exactly. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so are you typically listening to music while you're doing other things? Um, I don't even listen to music that much anymore, but when I do, it's usually while I'm doing other things. My favorite time to listen to music is like on a Saturday or a Sunday morning mm-hmm. when I first wake up and I'm just drinking coffee, maybe making breakfast. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, trying not to just like watch TV or just sit on the couch. I'll just put on some music. That's that's my favorite time to listen to music. Um, and then my other favorite time to listen to music is when I'm at work and I have the opportunity to have some time where I can just focus on something for like an unbroken block of time. Right. Which just due to my career has become less and less frequent. I don't have like long stretches of time where I have no interruptions anymore. I see. And so even that has been taken away from me. And then the other time when I used to listen to a lot of music was when I was traveling for work, which since COVID doesn't happen really much at all. Okay. So like in the plane or like in the rental car or whatever, these are like my, my sanctuaries where I was just by myself, no distractions. And I could just listen to stuff. Um, And I, my opportunities for that are, 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 I guess fewer and further between these days. And when I do get them, I'm usually like too tired or lazy to, to actually actively consume media, you know? Sure. But sure. Right. Yeah. This is now a therapy session for me. <laughs> music. Yeah. 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 It is. Cause like sometimes I will like, cause I have a very sort of, my day job is a very sort of like tedious, monotonous thing where I don't have to fight. Like I just have to answer emails. I've talked to people. I don't really have any interruptions. You know what I mean? So I can just listen to stuff uninterrupted. But depending on like my mood and my my headspace and sort of like how much extra bandwidth I have will depend on what I listen to and how much I am paying attention to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there might I might just find like a synthwave playlist or something like that. Listen to that. And I don't and not even pay attention to who 
what artists mm-hmm. are on there at all. But then I also might be very intentionally listening to an album that a friend sent me, sent me or, you know, because like C, C, my, our friend CJ, he sends me about like an album or two per week. Nice. I think you'll take this, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all amazing. It's all, you know, indigenous black metal. You're going to fucking like this. <laughs> it's all amazing. Everything he sends me is fucking great. I, this new revocation is amazing, you know, whatever. Um, and sometimes I have the space to listen to that or, you know, but, um, but yeah. And then I, I think a lot too, about like from, for playing the drums and, and stuff like that. Like I make a lot of like playlists to like rip through on the drums mm. and stuff mm. like that. So, right. But, so there's a little bit of like reflection and curation of like, what is the, like the, what's the most important drum track on this album or shit like that. You know what I mean? But like, not like we did. It's not like when we, when I did when I was a kid where I, cause I was the guy that would make tapes for other people, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know if I ever made one for you. I don't know. Um, because you always seem like you had you had the music you needed. <laughs> Not a lot of music. Uh, yeah. But but I, I was like the kid that was like evangel you know evangelizing Slayer. Like here's a Slayer mixtape. Here's a Pantera mixtape. Mm-hmm. Here's a you know what I mean. That kind of shit. Um, so your job has been replaced by the algorithm. <laughs> Speaking of, damn, I, I didn't ever. I <laughs> didn't get back I, around. I didn't get paid for it, so I guess it's okay. Um, <laughs> Well, but yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So the first one I put on here, cause okay. So some of these were ones that we've talked about, right? So I think the first time I heard decapitated was from you or from like someone in that sphere of that time period mm-hmm. or whatever. And, um, so I put the song, uh, spheres of madness on here. And, and then like another purpose of this playlist is just like to expose Robert to like more shit. <laughs> um, so, cause I know there's a lot of it. Cause I, I've, this is another interesting thing is I, I subjected him to like two episodes of like two death metal episodes. And so a lot of this stuff was on there, yeah. but it would be like a different song. Like the same album, the mm. same band. But there, like, were, yeah. there were at least one or two the same because I recognize them. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, um, yeah, some of them were the same, but um, but yeah, like I mean, so so let's talk about decapitated for a little bit. <laughs> um, that that particular song, it's like one of the most like perfect like mid tempo. Mm-hmm fucking death metal songs like it is it like perfectly walks that line between being it's like that's definitely death metal mm-hmm. but that's definitely groovy as fuck yeah they they're and and we're talking about spheres of madness i guess i don't know if we said that out loud yet but um but i think when i think of decapitated mm-hmm. i'm trying to i don't even remember how i got introduced to decapitated to be quite honest i'm trying to think if it was like when their drummer died yeah, VTech. Or... And, and maybe that's when I first started. Maybe it was like on Lamb Goat or something when sure. it was like a metal news <laughs> aggregator. And mm-hmm. I was like, who's decapitated? Like, let me check this out. I don't remember what it was, but. Um, he died in like a bus accident, I think. Yeah, yeah, th- that's like right. That. That's right. Um, and, you know, Spheres of Madness being like one of the best, like, mid tempo death metal songs with like kind of cut time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that probably one of my top five death metal songs of all time ever of any tempo is by decapitated and it's called lying in week. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to like, I'm not going to, uh, I mean, I feel like if, if you just, if you just want to like play the first 10 seconds of it uh, on the radio, it's, 
it's i don't i don't know why how it's so good but it's just like it's one of those songs that like is technically like a pretty quick tempo but it's so locked in and groovy that it feels slower than it is what album is it on um it's not on that one it was on it was on the one after that that has like kind of a dark blue cover i got you um and it's it's like a like a like a db kind of like yeah. like speed with a lot of good blast beats and a lot of double kick stuff mm. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So it's one of those songs that's like fast, but it makes you like bob your head slow to it, which is my, I think that's one okay, of my favorite, okay. my favorite qualities of like a good mm. death metal song is when it's technically fast, but it makes you like bob your head. Like, like it, it has a, like an inherent groove uh, to it though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a good point. You know, I don't know. I don't okay. know how to describe it, but like something about that tempo really speaks to me. That's a thing that people talk about a lot when, uh, in, in terms of like playing jazz, like playing like fast jazz music or mm. whatever. Is like, cause you might be this like, you know, like playing yep. that kind of like up tempo thing, and like all the time, like the director or whatever will 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 like feel it in halftime, right? Like mm-hmm. that's like yeah, a thing exactly. Always that you like, if you want like to play fast, think slow, and shit like this. It's 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 a thing that fucking I hear all the fucking time. Mm. But um, that's a cool point. That's a cool. Uh, well, and like that that vibe kind of re- this is kind of a jump, but fuck it. That vibe kind of reminds me of like some of the As Eden Burn stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Did did do you feel like that tracks to you? I could sort of see that on a few of the riffs. Yeah, a few, especially a few of the riffs that like Chris wrote. Mm-hmm. I think he had a very um, the way that he wrote riffs was it was very intuitive um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like cerebral or like thought thinking really hard about it. But it was still very like difficult, I guess, or like complicated. And so it did have sort of a like an effortless technicality that was actually very rhythmic, I guess. Um, yeah. And that was very much a feature of his playing more than mine, I would say. Okay. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he definitely had some really like fast riffs that had a, like that you could bob your head to kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause cool. there, that, that kind of like comes close to like the melodic death metal approach right you know like that kind of you know like or like like the at the gate song i put on here like mm-hmm. blinded by fear that's very that's, that's a good example that's very similar i think yeah. is, is also blinded by fear reminds me of that <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. yeah 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 <laughs> exactly know? and so like that 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 kind of thing and um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't thought about oh yeah i mean that's like a monomorph also mm-hmm. i guess that kind of is I mean that's kind of like the melodic death metal thing in a lot of ways now that I think about it, um, which is but it's interesting because you would never describe decapitated as melodic death metal. No, you certainly wouldn't. Um, you certainly wouldn't. And so, but but this but that idea of that you are, you know, you are taking like a riff that is kind of a halftime riff, but you're putting you know a blast beat or or a skank beat mm-hmm. or something like that mm. underneath it to give it this like frantic feel, while still having that slower you know vibe in the riff and whatnot um i feel like i like that when it's done well but sometimes it's not always done that well uh-huh. and it somehow annoys me mm. can you think of an example where it's not done well no <laughs> of course not but, but I, that I, would be interesting i don't think it's always good when there's like a fast riff and or like something yeah i it's it's like there's a certain like aligning of the planets that just works in some situations that like really does it for me. Yeah. Sure. And I think 
lying in weak is a good example. Blinded by fear is a good example, but um, yeah. I don't think it's always intentional. I, you know, I think it's just like the perfect um, combination of the tempo and the riff and the other things that just kind of comes together for me. But it just has the right feel to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's a thing, you know, because we because we went ahead and we we brought up Ezzy and Burns. So there is a the middle of that song that I put on here. I didn't know which as Eden Burns song to put. So I just put the one that had the most plays. Mm. Right? <laughs> Which um, is always the best one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It, how I as as history has, has taught us, the thing that everyone likes is always the best one. <laughs> Those are the ones that I add to my playlist. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but the, it's like, it's, it's, so the song is ever again, as Eden Burns, uh, I'll just yeah. get this out of the way. That's a fucking rad as hell, dude, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Like, Awesome. I didn't even consider that you would like listen to that uh, as like homework for this. <laughs> oh yeah, I've listened to the whole thing. I've awesome, never heard uh, As Eden Burns. Okay. Or uh, Cavernous for that matter. Fuck yeah. Uh, but I fucking I As Eden Burns is great. I fucking love Cavernous though. Nice. Awesome. We'll talk about Cavernous in a second. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there because because might as well, right? But but so let's like, just pump me up. Some yeah, more. Yeah. This feels good. <laughs> I like this. In the middle. So but in the middle of the song ever again, because it's a pretty like okay, this is kind of like I don't want to call it like Black Dahlia worship, but it's like it's pulling on the same thread. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. oh, if you're if you like Black Dahlia murder, you're not gonna hate this. Yeah. You know, and but then it like gets to there's it gets to like the middle, and first of all, there's that that switch to six eight, which is really cool. And then it gets to the middle, which it goes into like this just pure, like super skank beat, um, like just metal, 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 like classic heavy metal, like all these crazy leads <laughs> and all this, that kind of like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm a sucker for that thing. Like anytime someone is doing like kind of a slow skank beat, mm-hmm. you know, like in that kind <laughs> of like 130, like 130 to like 170, 180 range and they just throw straight double bass underneath it i'm gonna love it like no matter what like i, I don't give a shit what you're doing on top it of it It feels good and it's hard <laughs> it is really like playing double bass at that at like that 150 to like 170 range mm-hmm. every drummer knows that that is the worst fucking tempo to yeah. fucking play at it's that range where you can't quite just let loose you have to be, you have to like consider it be, exactly exactly be, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's that it's that like overlap tempo where where you're like okay well am i using like full leg motion am i using ankle motion right um and you kind of need to be able to do those tempos with both of those motions um you need to have overlap in your range you know um but yeah like that is just such a like a cool fucking section you know you you know what i'm talking about right yeah yeah i know exactly it's yeah yeah this part hot damn man hell yeah (laughs) You can never really do those sweeps very clean, though. I'm always like, every time I hear them, I'm just like, oh. So, 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 okay, okay. okay. I know what you mean. It sounded great. Thank you. Thank you. So, when you hear that, rec- so like, when you hear that recording, how do you feel about that? Whew, I feel a lot of ways about that. <laughs> I mean, that was, yeah. What year was this from, by the way? Uh, 2008, I want to say. Okay. 2009, maybe. I think it was released in 2008. Um, and so we did, we did a uh, five song. So as Eden Burns existed before me, um, Chris Borsheim, shout out to Chris Borsheim if he's listening at home. Um, maybe he will someday. Um, maybe so. He, he was kind of the... If we talk well about the band. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> he was he was like the originator of, of the band, and it had been a band for a couple of years at least before I joined. And one of my old bands played with them um, a few times out in the world. And uh, it 
came time for them to find a new guitar player from the old guitar player. And so he reached out to me. And so I joined, like, they were already somewhat established in the area. Um, and then uh, our mutual friend, William Hesser, also joined at the same time as me. We were both in the same band at the time. So both of us joined at the same time. Did William initially join on bass? Or uh, as actually, a actually, he joined as a vocalist. Okay. So the singer okay, and guitar okay. player left at the same time. Okay. It's kind of like a like a uh, like a reorganization, if you will. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. To use corporate terminology, um, they just were going in a new direction. Huh? <laughs> a um, A E B Inc. Yeah. So so anyway, I I guess all of that to say, um, I I I didn't start the band. Mm-hmm. I joined it um, after it was already a, a somewhat established. And we put out a five-song EP that was just totally self-released and self-recorded and everything. We recorded at the Rhythm Room on Britmore and yeah, I-10, yeah, yeah. whatever, or off of I-10. Is that the one that Taylor, Taylor plays on? Yes. Yeah, Taylor okay. Steinberg. Taylor Steinberg played drums on that. Um, and so based on that five-song EP, um, we got interest, and that's when we signed with Willow Tip Records, mm-hmm. which um, was you know a dream come true for us because – I mean, we were like fans of what they did, and oh, yeah. we we thought we were like kind of shitty compared to most of the bands there, and we were, they were like, "What are they doing signing us?" You know, uh-huh. um, and I think that you know, I think Arsis had just left Willow Tip, and like okay. the Black Dahlia Murder was kind of a thing, and so I think we were like, "Well, maybe they're trying to hitch a hitch a rising star and like another mellow death type band," and and I guess we're it, you know, and so they gave us a small advance to 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 pay to record an album. And we ended up taking like a, like a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, so. I think it was like thirty five hundred, something like that. Yeah, um, and which, by the way, like the record deal structures are shit. You know, it's not like <laughs> oh yeah, that money gets taken out. Like they get it all back and then some. You don't like sure. it's oh, not yeah. it's not free money. No, everyone knows that. That's why they now. make their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I was trying to explain that to uh, some some people I know today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not free money. Um, so so they gave they gave us the money to record it and we decided to record it ourselves. Um, and we recorded it. William actually recorded it. Uh, he also recorded the five song EP. You're like, you know how much beer we can buy with this <laughs> yeah. if we record it I, I think ourselves? We, I think we like used the money to buy a van actually and mm-hmm. pay for a bunch of merch and then use that to go on tour. Yeah. And so we recorded it ourselves, but then we had, um, we had, I forget his name. I should know this. Scott, something like the, the singer of pig destroyer, uh, was, oh, was a, um, like a mastering artist. I think okay. he also did like mixing and stuff, engineering, audio engineering in general. So he mixed it for, or mastered, mastered it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm super proud of it overall. Um, I, I wish it sounded tighter. Like I wish we would have, frankly, I wish we would have like maybe, you know, cheated more maybe like uh, I can say this with years behind me now. Like I wish we would have like quantized it more. I wish we would have yeah. tightened yeah. it up more. I wish we would have edited it tighter. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it feels very loose to me, and it does. It's to me, it's an album that shouldn't sound loose, maybe. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it is interesting. I, I, I was, I actually was talking to William about this a few months ago or a year ago, um, and because I remember hearing it at the time that it came out, and I felt that way. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, this sounds kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I think that that has helped the album age a lot better. Hmm. And I think it has a timeless quality to it. I think I think it actually sounds because that whole precision thing, it kind of within I think the 
I mean, it, it's it, it's still being kind of pushed. Well, I don't know if it is, but in, in the like the super technical death metal, like it's yeah, all that has to be fucking perfect. Right. Mm. But I think in the sort of the other subgenres, like the the more mellow death and things like that, like I think that people started backing off on that precision and that quantization. Mm-hmm. Like people were trying to see how far they could push it. You know, in the late aughts and 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 whatnot, and I feel like now people are are intentionally often going for a little more raw sound, and because of that, it it kind of makes the album sound a little more relevant. It it doesn't sound dated. Yeah. It doesn't sound like, you know, um, it sounds like it either could have come out way before, it did, or if it or or like it came out a few years ago. Like someone's making an intentional, yeah. like this is part of our artistic choice this this production and I, I just let me say this i'm not i don't mean this as like a backhanded compliment yeah yeah no i don't i don't take it that you know way. what i mean like yeah um well it's like one of those things where you people started going that route to see what would happen right and because it was like let's let's try to do this thing as far this way as we can yeah as bit as get as perfect as we possibly can but that, like having it not quite be that, lends it some a bit of like a humanity to it. It does, right? You know, because c- it still feels tight. Like it still feels like it, it still feels like intentional and like thought out. You know what I mean? Like there were parts, there was effort put into writing this, and blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Because there's a weird, uncanny feeling to, for me anyway, as someone who doesn't listen to like a lot of like tech death or however you would genre uh-huh. genreify this <laughs> is a word. Uh, uh, that always puts me off a bit, where it's like it's too perfect. Uh-huh. I always like to make it feel like people recorded this music and they didn't just type it into a computer. Right. For as much music as I like that is typed into a computer, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Like if there's if there's guitars and drums involved and like ripping ass fucking drums and people screaming and sweating, you're like, yeah, man, like yeah, yeah, do that for real, yeah. you know. Um, but so, but you feel a little, no, I mean, oh, I, 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 uh, like I said, I'm really proud of it. I think it sounds good. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds relatively unique and I don't mean the music so much as I mean like the, the actual sound. And I yeah. do think it was an artistic choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud to have been a part of it and, and yeah. produce that. And I'm, I'm not like sad about it by any gotcha. means. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and like the other aspect is that. The techno like the technology now, it's pretty easy to to like edit stuff and to massage it into being like, you know, tighter but not too perfect, and into like, well, you know, let me yeah, get that. Let me get that hit. Okay, no, if I do it too close to the grid, it sounds a little inhuman. Let me yeah. just get it closer <laughs> yeah. than I was. You can like kind of quantize it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean. And 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 every drummer is it's edited. Like that's yeah. everyone, you know, the best drummer in the fucking world, their, their shit gets sliced up and fucking moved around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it probably would have been really difficult to do that in 2007, 2008, like the, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know that it would have been as easy yeah. to do that. Yeah, probably not. Um, so if you would have done it, it might've sounded unnatural, you know? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think uh, there's a lot more there's a lot wrapped into that album for me as mm-hmm. you can imagine beyond just the music too and the sound because Do you regret not being able to do a follow-up? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, I wouldn't say regret, um, but there was definitely like when we were recording it, there was this sort of sense of optimism and like 
it felt like the beginning of something when in hindsight it was really the end you know of something mm -hmm. like that was we we went on tour for it i think once or twice or i think we went on tour for it once and it was like a terrible tour from a business perspective but it was like a really fun tour from a personal perspective um and then like you know that 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 particular tour one of our members who i won't name um couldn't join us uh, because they they happened to be incarcerated at the time so we did a we did like a four person um tour and you could probably do the math and figure out who it was <laughs> there's only certain instruments you can take away uh, and still have a like we weren't going up there and Just clapping our hands maybe? without a drummer yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but like, so, so that tour was kind of a disaster. Um, and like the other two bands on the tour dropped off literally a few, a few oh, shows shit. in because uh, it was so bad because the turnout was so bad. Wow. And I, I remember sitting in the, sitting in the parking lot of this shitty venue in, in Baton Rouge. Um, and the other two bands had already decided to like go home. Basically they, they were both from like South Carolina and, and Buffalo, New York respectively. Mm -hmm. And they were like, fuck it. We're out of here. The shows have been shit. We had like five or six shows in and they were like, they just said we're, we're out of here. Damn. And so we, as a band were like, should we Baton Rouge was like the closest we were going to be back to Houston oh. um, on the whole tour. Cause from Baton Rouge, we then turned straight North I see. and went like up the Midwest all the way to Minnesota and then back east. Yeah. Um, and stopping along the way. And we were like, should we just quit? Should we just go back to Houston? I mean, we're only a few hours away. It's like, you know, we could we could probably be there in time to get some Whataburger taquitos if we left now. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um and but we just said like and and credit to Lee Eubanks, who was our drummer who recorded that album. Right. Um, and he was just a very much like a like a um gung ho about touring and like he was just said, Fuck it, let's just do it. And so I called every venue like that night in the parking lot. I called every venue subsequently that we were supposed to play and said, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is you're going to save some money on your guarantee. Yeah. Because <laughs> only one out of the three bands are playing. I'm going to pitch you the Geico pitch. The bad news is yeah. it's just us. just going to be us. And every single one of the, the promoters was like totally cool about it. They were like, that sounds great. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you guys. So we said, fuck it. Let's just go. So we just did a, like our own solo tour and played a bunch of cool shows. And ironically, um, all of the rest of the shows that tour were like so much fun and we got good turnouts and we had some great shows. That's cool. Um, and it turned out to be kind of fun until our, our van broke down and, um, on the Brooklyn bridge or on the Manhattan bridge. Oh shit. But, but, but I mean, it was a fun tour, but it wasn't like a successful tour. You right. know, it was fun on a personal level, but it wasn't successful. Yeah. Because yeah. That, that's like, you could see being super bummed about that, but that's also probably pretty liberating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That would probably be pretty fucking fun. Yeah. On, on right. some level. It was like, we got nothing to lose. Fuck it. Yeah. Everything exactly. from here on up is, is good. I guess we, we all, we're all in to go forward and just get, get it done. Right. And there's less pressure now and it's just us and we can, mm -hmm. yeah. So that was kind of like our last sort of hurrah. And rather than being like a jumping off point to something greater, it was just kind of like a, it was a fun way to like, you know, kind of slowly end things, you know, and we played a few more shows after that. And we wrote a few songs that kind of have some demo version out there on SoundCloud somewhere that never really saw the light of day. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I don't really regret it. I'm not doing a follow up, but, but yeah, that, that whole time was very weird. It was a very strange time and very uncertain and yeah. And yeah, it was weird, but fun though. Yeah. And so how long was it after like as Eden Burns dissolving I mean, it, could, it wasn't that long before you were in Cavernous. There was overlap. <clears throat> okay. There was definitely overlap. Because okay. um, I just remember this period personally where I was 
just like on the DL, just incredibly um, jealous <laughs> of you because I because because everyone was like low key jealous um, of Azine Burns because y'all were like the metal band that got signed, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like these motherfuckers, and like I don't know if you know this or not. Um, I guess not, because I don't know what the fuck you're going to say. <laughs> um, but at one point, he didn't make it onto the album. But at one point, their singer was Trey Gammon. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. Okay, okay. Yeah, just, yeah. just making that clear. Yeah, um, yeah totally. Because <laughs> we went to high school with him. Shout out to RG3. Yeah. I, think we ta- I think we talked about that Robert last Gammon the third. Maybe we did. Is his name Maybe Robert? Did. Yeah. No shit. That's why that. he's called Trey the third. Robert Gammon the third. Damn, it was a fucking grift the whole time. <laughs> um, Trey was playing us all the whole time. The whole yeah. time. And he was he was a badass fucking singer too. I remember that motherfucker rehearsing with bands in my garage, and he wouldn't use the PA. He was insane. Seriously. He was like primal. I don't know where he pulled it out of because yeah. he was so like dude. like nice and sweet most of the time. But dude, like, like yeah, knowing that dude in school, he was yeah. like it was the most unassuming. Yeah, like just weird dude. Yeah. But then seeing him sing like that, like, yeah. who the fuck are you, man? He let it rip. Man? He let it rip. Yeah. It was so amazing. It was so amazing. It was wild. Like, it was, it was, I, I feel, I, 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 I can say this with, uh, yeah, like, this is, this is no, this is no hyperbole. I feel, like, privileged to have seen that guy sing in my <laughs> fucking garage. Like, to have been able to witness a human just a regular fucking person with just just this competing with drums and fucking amps it was fucking insane it, it was yeah. absolutely surreal like cuz like the week cuz cuz we were stupid and we couldn't get the pa to work cuz that's the thing that would happen a lot is <laughs> like, that we were stupid yeah <laughs> well like multiple bands would rehearse at my house hmm. sometimes yeah. you know for whatever reason hey can we go break yeah for whatever you know what i mean so there would be, you know, that wasn't an uncommon thing out at the time, you know. And I remember like walking out there, and like, just just see it. Like, he didn't even have a mic. Like, it wasn't even. It wasn't even like, oh, well, the mic's not working. Like, he just was just doing it, and and like seeing someone do really intense metal vocals and hearing it and seeing it and feeling it and all that without there being like this like ornamentation and like ritual of a mic that makes you feel safe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, this is what's happening here. Um, it was, it was surreal. It was fucking weird. In a way, that's what a scream is supposed to make you feel. Yes. But it's, it's always, uh, it's obfuscated or whatever. Yeah. By, arbitrated by, by yeah, this, like, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. don't worry. This is a part of a, a musical performance that mm-hmm. you're used to seeing. I'm doing this into a microphone. This is a performance. This is for, the art or whatever blah 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 you know but seeing him just like just do it was yeah yeah so mad mad but if i i hope i i hope i see that dude again soon because i'm gonna give him a big ass fucking hug <laughs> Love it, um but yeah so but i remember being like I was like, oh, God, okay, this fucking dude goes for being, like, all in, like, the metal band that gets signed that's out touring and doing all the fucking things. And then he's like, okay, well, cool. Well, I'm just going to be in the other uh, the other best band. I'll be in, the like, the best post-rock whatever band. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I remember one, because I was teaching high school at this time. And the so I have my physical copy of my As Eaton Burn CD that I bought at y'all's CD release party. 
I don't have my physical Cavernous CD that I bought at Mango's, <laughs> which is where y'all did your release party, because one of my students like saw it and was like geeked about like, wait a minute. Why do you you know Cavernous is? I was like, dude, that's one of my good friends. He's like, you know the you know the guitar you know the guitarist in, in Cavernous? And he got all fucking geeked about it. So I, I fucking gave it to him and it like made his fucking oh, day. Man. Made that his kid's name? Day. Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to be like a nice. bartender at Brash Brewery for a while, which oh, makes sick. sense. Sick. Um just playing that album. Brash Brewery. I hope so. But yeah, so 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 there was like so there was overlap between those two bands. Yeah, there there was definitely overlap. I don't remember the exact uh history. Um, cause I have a dog shit memory, it's but, been a while. It's um, been 10 plus years. Yeah. But yeah, there was definitely overlap. Um, but not a lot of overlap if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Cause I know that cavernous was doing things in 2008 and so was as Eden Burns. Okay. So I know that there was some level of overlap there, but then obviously I think that I, I, in hindsight, I've probably said this out loud to you before, but like in hindsight, that probably softened the blow of like Azine Burns just kind of falling apart is because sure. I had this other outlet and what yeah. that I was also really into and like proud of and really enjoyed um, and and was really fun. And, and you know, we played fairly often. I mean, like we played, yeah. you know, a few times a month just around town. Mostly we did one tour, if you want to call it that. Um, mm-hmm. That was just kind of like for fun with with uh, a couple of really cool Houston bands. Um Marcus Sly and the Golden Egg, and then Giant Battle Monster, who were both really mm. cool bands, um, and they were a lot more experimental and kind of wacky. Um, but yeah, so like I I uh, I really enjoyed that, and that kind of like you know gave me a nice parachute to 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 glide off into the sunset with for a while, you know, until that eventually kind of just unraveled as well. But so the uh, the recording, so I just I just put grab the first track from the album, the Levers and Takers. The sound of this, of that record, of that cavernous record, is so fucking good. <laughs> it is obscenely good. Um, so did y'all record that to a click track, or is Marshall just that fucking good? Marshall is kind of a human click track. Okay, he's, he's like a professional, capital P professional drummer. Yeah. Um, and music runs in his blood. His yeah. uncle is Clint Black. Um, really yeah, yeah yeah oh shit his whole family is is insanely talented musically every single one of them like his cousin brandon was the bass player has one of the best like audio engineer minds you know uh that i know um he played bass obviously uh right. marshall is the drummer Th- that whole family is ridiculously talented their their dads respectively small small side story here that's kind of crazy mm-hmm. my dad is is a drummer he, he a musician and he used to play for uh, so i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you right yeah, there because i i feel like we don't talk about this enough hmm. um which is that your dad is a is like a professional drummer yeah. um like your whole life you've you know, like that's been what your dad has done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that is your, that is your fucking ace in the hole as to why you, you, I don't know, man, like you just, there's a reason that you were in all these great bands and it's because you're an incredible musician and a great fucking guitarist and you hear music on like such a deeper level than most people do that play that even people that play music. And that's something that like always impressed me and kind of intimidated me about you, to be to be <laughs> quite honest. Um, and so, um, but do you think that's related to your dad? 
being a drummer and being like exposed to music and like that it being at that depth or do you think it doesn't matter or or hmm. I don't know I mean I it was not an active thing if anything it was okay. like he didn't like it's like here son let me show you some uh you know Bella Fleck and the Fleck tones although he did do that later in my life <laughs> actually <laughs> but like he didn't just well he did like, we, we, well we we did we did like we bonded over music a lot but he he was as a person he's just he's very um like not uh trying to push any kind of um thing on me like mm -hmm. he was never like this is good music you should listen to this or hey you should play music all of these things i came to on my own and he just kind of supported it just if you took to it then it was good and he, yeah he would nurture that yeah, yeah yeah cool and and he was very supportive he always wanted to know what i was listening to and okay. and and that was um you know that was kind of a, a one of our strong bonding moments you know because yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. he didn't live with me right. um and so when we were together that was a way that we would bond is i would i would play him the latest music i would listen to and a lot of the music on this list was actually part of that oh. demi borger and opeth and my dad is like not into metal um at, at all right but he 100 and i don't think he was just blowing smoke up my ass like he 100 understood and appreciated it for what it was even though if he, even if he couldn't get down with it, you know, right. He always had something complimentary to say about it. And it was, it was not just like a, that's nice son. You know, it was like genuinely like he would actually find something, you know, that he was like really impressed in. And occasionally he would be like, this is actually something I would listen to like tool. He said that porcupine tree and oh, other yeah. things like that. He was like, Sweet. Gavin Harrison, you know, is the most badass fucking drummer of all time. He's, so, so it was more there. of a, from a, like, passing the torch it was it was not really from him to me he was never he was never like trying to guide me into a life of music yeah. in fact he probably would have preferred i didn't because <laughs> yeah. you know like do, do you do you think like i mean just having that kind of reinforcement in a sense that had to i was gonna say have it, some effect that can't not have been impactful on some level just being able to like talk about music at a deeper level oh, i'm sure yeah, yeah it, it must, it must have yeah. you know like it just must have. it must have just i mean it seems like it, it's the kind of thing that would like increase your resolution mm. like like the 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 level that you're able to zoom in on the music and whatnot because yeah you know like because i remember talking about music like with my mom a lot my mom's not a musician at all you know but she she felt music so that would be a lot of what we would talk oh i like the way this song makes me feel i like these lyrics i like this you know what i mean and so but it stayed at that level mm. you know and so well yeah it's like it's so funny, like the, the impact that other people and experiences have on you is not always obvious. And like the mm -hmm. specific um, it's it's oftentimes really hard to like zero in on a specific example of, of how something impacted you. Sure. But there is one example that I could think of. Um, and I think a lot of it's just kind of osmosis. But like there's one thing that I remember that my dad said to me one time when I was getting really into metal and and like extreme music and stuff. And I was like, you know, one of the things that I thought, like one of the dimensions of music I thought was really impressive was just the technicality or difficulty of it, you know, mm -hmm. which I think is like a phase that a lot of metal musicians go through Absolutely. Um, and may still be in a little bit. Still <laughs> um, and, and I remember asking my dad, like, who's your favorite drummer? And I was thinking he was going to say someone like insane, like Neil Peart or, or something like that. Right. And he was like, and my dad is, by the way, like really into like very complicated technical jazz right. like, as well as other like stuff. He's into all kinds of stuff. He's like Jim Keltner. And uh, I thought he was going to say something crazy like that. And he was like, no, actually, Ringo Starr, I mean, had like the biggest influence on me because he was never like the best drummer by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. But he was a very musical drummer and he, he played something that fit the song really well uh, every time. Um, and he was just like 
a fun drummer and a great drummer, but not in a technical sense. And like, even though that seems very obvious to say that out loud as a, as a kid who was going through like a technical phase and like a technicality yeah. difficulty phase, it kind of like snapped me out of it a little bit. Cause I was totally. like, Oh, obviously music isn't just cannot be just boiled down to how complicated it is, you know, like melodically or rhythmically. Right. Yeah, of course, I mean, to, of to course. have, to have someone like your dad say something insightful like that. Right. It's right. like, Oh, I can think this way too. Right. Sweet. Right. Exactly. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 Or just someone you respect or, right. you know, yeah. Or when I was showing him, like when I got really into post rock and I was showing him tortoise, do you guys know tortoise? Yeah. Tortoise is badass. Like I got into them around the same time as like Mogwai and they had this song that was like, I don't even know the instrumentation they used, but it was like a very ambient kind of song. And I thought it was like, you know, this must be very modern and like new. And he was like, oh, this is really cool. It reminds me of Peter Gabriel. <laughs> and I was like, like solo stuff. Shit. Like there is nothing new under the sun, you know? Totally. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So sure, pers- sure, sure, perspectives sure, sure. like that he shared, I think, just off off the cuff, I think impacted me for sure. Right, right, right. For and sure. like having like that kind of like sincere, like he wasn't trying to give you a hot take about like actually Ringo Starr. Like he was like, no, man, like this is the drummer I I am, I enjoyed listening to the most or mm-hmm. that I have the or that influenced me the most or blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like having that kind of like authentic reflection from someone that you respect, which I don't think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of us guys that were pulling on the metal thread, we're going to, we're going to find someone that we really respected that mm-hmm. was going to like, say like, Oh, Ringo, <laughs> you know, it, it's almost, it was almost kind of like, you know how like these days YouTube has like a big cottage industry about like reaction videos where like oh, people yeah. who don't normally sure. listen to metal react to metal. Oh yeah. And, but genuinely so to speak, you know, or like presumably. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of like that for me on a very personal level. That's rad. Yeah. I was basically like showing him stuff and like waiting for his reaction. That's and it so was cool. always constructive. That's you know? so cool. And I got a lot yeah. out of it, you know. That's, That's awesome. so cool. Do I hear like a funny a funny tidbit that you might get a kick out of? Um, so uh John Longstreth, the drummer in origin, okay, his dad was a jazz drummer, okay, like growing up in Kansas City. And so like one of his like memories uh, is like showing his dad like Iron Maiden and his dad being like, why is the fucking ride cymbal so goddamn loud? <laughs> it's like, that's not how drums actually sound, <laughs> you know? That's really funny. Like this kind of like grumpy take, you know, because his dad was also, was uh, you know, was very supportive or whatever, but his dad didn't get mm-hmm. metal, you know what I mean? Mm. Like he, he, he appreciated and encouraged, but, you know, whatever, but like this idea of like, Someone listen to Iron Man. It's like I shouldn't be able to hear the ride symbol that clearly, you know. That's that's against the spirit of music. Right. Like it's not. This is incorrect. Yeah, like it's not all. <laughs> Iron Maiden is doing metal wrong. This is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the yeah. way. Uh, so yeah, Marshall. I don't. I think we played to a click. <laughs> okay. We probably did. Well, and, well, and we even recorded if you it. Did. Even if you did, like it is very clear on there. It's like God, damn it! This drummer's feel is so fucking good. And man, like I hung out with him after. Like there was one, there was a fucking Buff Wayne show that in a, that you and me played out in Katy. Okay. Oh yeah. And 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 Brandon, the bassist, did sound, and no Marshall shit. happened to be there, fucking hanging out. And I and I hung out with him most of the night talking about fucking Stevie Wonder. <laughs> like just oh, a, you know what I mean. But but yeah, like speaking of like fucking random things. But yeah, yeah. dude, that got like. It was really strange. It was really strange to watch him play the drums like with Cavernous um, because 
Because like a lot of times when you see when you see musicians that are better than you, you can kind of like see how you can get to that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, okay, I don't have that chop together. I don't have that rudiment together. I don't know that pattern. You know, oh, okay, his his dynamics are a little different. Um, okay, but I see how I I, I see how that that's just different. Or you know, or I, I see how I could I could shed and get to that. But like Marshall would, <laughs> Marshall would like play something really simple, <laughs> like something that's like, oh, I know I could play that. And I was like, I don't, I could never, I don't, I don't know how to make it. I don't know what's missing hmm. on how, <laughs> uh, what I need to do to make it sound as good as he is sa- making it sound. Uh, man. Yeah, man. Disheartening. He's, uh, he's <laughs> on a Oh, yeah, that's, it's, it was a fucking honor and a privilege to, to be in the same band as that dude. Yeah. Like, is, is he just doing like, because I remember at one point, like he was doing just like country music, or yeah, I think he's he definitely still plays out a lot. Um, I think he's he plays with uh, this outfit called Steel Country. Okay, and they play out in Katy a lot and all over town. They're great. They're really good. They did like a, they did a Facebook they did a Facebook live concert um, a few times I think in the early pandemic and yeah, and I like tuned, you do yeah. yeah as one does. As one does. Um, and I tuned in once because uh, I'd never seen them live actually. Okay, but I figured they would be pretty good. That they're like pros, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I tuned in. I was like they just mixed it. it it was in brandon's garage that he like has his little studio in and uh it's a tiny tiny little room that we used to practice in you know mm-hmm. jam in and it just sounded so fucking good it's just like the music was played flawlessly but even the sound was really good because brandon was running it and it was just yeah. like it sounds better than like a record a album recording and it was all live in brandon's fucking garage it was it was awesome so yeah they're they're still doing it and, and, and those fucking what guys. was the name of the band again uh steel country i'm imagining like a, a judas priest cover band but the country <laughs> man that'd be cool hell yeah um it could happen so yeah just to just to puff you up a little bit more this cavernous song i fucking loved this is exactly my shit hell yeah you ever heard of the band light l-i-t-e japanese instrumental band no you sound a lot like them. really okay yeah. okay like to, to i'm the gonna po- add this to my list while yeah, we're I'll, I'll send you some shit later yeah maybe. please please but to the point where i was like is this not just a part of this song and like i went through their entire catalog and like i found the one i was thinking of and i was like it's not quite but the, the vibe is there nice but yeah super super cool shit thanks man um yeah it was fun stuff um and w- was uh, that all instrumental yeah we we were always 100 percent instrumental awesome yeah we did we did two we did one short ep that had like i think four songs or maybe five and then we did that album, which was the kind of a full length that we did like eight songs on it. Mm. Um, and the first one we recorded in Brandon's garage. I, th- I still think it sounds great. And then that one um, we recorded with Paul Cox uh, here in Houston in the Heights. And I'm going to kick myself and I can't remember the name of his studio anymore. But it's like a pro studio. Mm-hmm. And, and we were friends with with him. We knew him through a couple of connections. And so... Um, I'm sure he gave us a really good deal, you know, otherwise we could not have afforded it by any means. Um, and, and Paul was like a, a professional, like yeah. he, he mixed, he mixed the audio to like oceans 12 or something like that. Sure, yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah. he was like a fucking pro, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, again, I, I've been very privileged in my, you know, short lived musical career to like work with some really amazingly talented people musicians, audio engineers and all that. So sweet. Well, man. I, I think you earned your fucking place. I think you belonged there, friend. So, um, 
All right. So back to this fucking thing. So so we had some decapitated, you know, uh, I put that Demi Borgia. So one of the reasons I put this Demi Borgia track on there is because I remember us like talking at like Jacob's apartment, my apartment, like of like. This is so fast, <laughs> yeah. like the, the 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 drumming in it, like the double bass, like at the end is yeah. it's like just like just un you know at, at the time especially at the time at the time it's like it is you know really fucking fast <laughs> um and it's because old your boy hellhammer from mayhem's fucking oh doing, yeah doing oh, fucking doubles right. can you play a clip of it real quick just yeah, so yeah, i can sure. reorient to it oh for sure man oh yeah 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 oh, dude those dude fucking demon board here makes such great sounding fucking records man yeah and there's such like there's all these like little pieces of ear candy mm-hmm you know like it's just such a joy to listen to all of their all of their stuff yeah you know? when when you went through the metal playlist with me like that was the uh my big takeaway from their track that you put on there yeah because i, I think i like, put like God blessings damn, upon the throne of tyranny like this production is fucking incredible oh yeah <laughs> it sounds so good well and like that one like puritanical miss whatever that one you know that one was like the clarity on that production was like the thing that was like mm-hmm. just but um you know on Insorte Diabole and like Abracadabra or whatever the fuck you call that one. Um, that was whenever it felt like all the all the elements start to be integrated really, really well mm-hmm. and seamlessly. It felt to me, you know. Um, but yeah, you get into like <laughs> It's just so stupid. Anyway, they're they're just I'm gonna get clipped for doing that, whatever. I'll I'll never I'll never like not think that they're the best example of extreme symphonic black metal that ever existed even though like i know that's like a lot of people hate on them and they're like you know sellouts or whatever like that's fucking dumb these guys are fucking awesome they're not sellouts just people a lot they did it they did a thing so good that a lot of people fucking liked exactly it. fuck off yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i would listen to them over cradle of filth a thousand times yeah uh, a day uh, I, I have a soft spot for for some cradle of filth but but they they do not approach the the grandness that dimu does it's truly epic and like not in the annoying way that people used to use the word epic like to refer to <laughs> bacon or whatever like it's truly epic <laughs> they're not like bacon epic <laughs> they're not as epic as bacon <laughs> no, no, no. um but but yeah they're they're just i just the, they have a grandeur about them. Absolutely, that's the better totally. word. It's like that's majestic. The, that's the best word. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Grandeur is an excellent word to describe them. Yeah. And uh, they lean into it, and they've cultivated it over many, many, many years. And they're just fucking. They're just the shit. Um, I haven't listened to them in a while. Like I don't know their whatever their more recent albums are, but Aeonian. Well, they haven't done a lot. They've only put out like, you know, Abracadabra or whatever, which that might actually be. <laughs> my favorite Demi Borgir record to listen hmm, to. Really? Um, that's the one I feel like that incorporates the symphonic elements in the most seamless way. Hmm. Um, and uh, and then they did, uh, one came out like last year or the year before, like Eonian or Aeonian or something like that one. And I'll listen to that one a few times. I'm like, this is great. No surprise. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I need more of this sound, I know where to find it, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, like, so... Uh, I remember them being, they were such a big deal at that time period because their productions were so clear that it was a way to really understand this drumming that was happening. Right. Because on a lot of records, like if you were going to listen to like an Emperor record, like, like, you know, like it wasn't as easy to discern what was even fucking happening. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why um, Cruel, uh, Cradle of Filth's uh, Cruelty and the Beast record that Nick Barker plays on. Nick Barker doesn't play on Insorte Diabole, but he played on the some other Demi records. But that one is real special to me because it, it sounds like shit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Cruelty and the Beast sounds like garbage. It's very, like, triggered-sounding drums. But the clarity allowed me to understand what he was it's like oh that's what a blast beat is you know oh that's yeah yeah that's... oh i can see they're alternating uh this and and like the kick is on the one or whatever yeah right 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 instead right. of just a jumbled mess of just... whereas like listening yeah. to like earlier early emperor records and i'm like i love this feeling but i can't tell what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. you know um so i i actually i visited the demu borger in iceland it's a it's a place Oh, what is it? It's it's like a national park or like some kind of park that is um, basically it's like a Tim Burton movie of volcanic uh, <laughs> rock formations. I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? Like it's like it like lava based rock formations in these craggly, impossible, angular shapes. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a like a beetle like a Beetlejuice like uh, yeah. uh, set or something. It would or... it would it looks like something from the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, it's just like cool super cool um i don't remember it means something in icelandic or whatever but uh when we went there i went there with our friend jacob Mm -hmm. and when he was living in iceland because he lived not far from there uh in the northern part of iceland and we went there and it happened to be like during christmas time and iceland has like a really weird christmas tradition called the yule lads i've heard of this and they're like uh, there's like they instead like of having steal your sauces exactly yeah. That shit. yeah instead of having like one santa claus there's like 12 and they're like all skinny and they kind of smell bad or something like hide and, in your house and they all look and... dirty and they like do t- pranks on you and they like sneak into your your uh your house at night and like steal your hanging smoked sausages from your they door like, or like they lick your dishes they'll and lick shit. your spoons <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and so in <laughs> in good. in the dimmu burger while we were there they had a dude dressed up as a yule lad like like prancing through the the rock formations and like giggling into the void great it was the most surreal experience like of my life and he would like pop out from behind the rock and be like <laughs> and it was he had like a giant great. beard it was so bizarre sorry that was a side That's side great. trip but that was no nope. i mean I, it's pretty relelevant yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh that's fucking rad yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember jacob calling me like and I was I was walking around a fucking Barnes and Noble, the Barnes and Noble over in town and country. I don't know why I remember this so specifically. And we were on the phone, and he was like, it's "Like the economy and the efficiency of language." Okay, he was like, "Richard, do you know that people in Iceland believe in elves?" <laughs> and I said, "No." And he said, "Richard, the people in Iceland believe in elves." <laughs> And I still, I, I, I'll say like, like what's about once a month. I'll be walking around. I'll think about that because of, because it's like, cause he said the sentence and then I said, no. And then he said the sentence again without the, without the <laughs> yeah. parts that made it a question. Right. Like, cause it wasn't like, did you know the people in Iceland believe else? No, I didn't know. Dude, you would fucking believe this. They fucking believe it. Out. Like it was, yeah. it was like math. It was like Beautiful. a mathematical operation. It was an English test. It was like, write this statement in a question form. Yeah. Now yeah. write it in a declamatory or whatever it's called. I don't know. Fucking declamatory. Is <laughs> That's a word. word. That's definitely a word. I declaim. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Right, yeah. So, so Demu's the fucking shit. Yeah. Um, 
so you, it's wild that you don't, that you've never really dug into death. Um, that surprises me. They've always been one of those bands that I felt kind of like an imposter syndrome about, Mm -hmm. like I should like them. Um, and I've, I've gotten into them. Like I've listened to them a bit in the past and for whatever reason, it just never quite clicked with me. Each one of their albums is really fucking different. Yeah. Is one aspect of it. Um, and they're, they're, they're interesting because they're like a band, like that they can be like your gateway to death metal. Or they can be like that death metal band that you're always like, meh. Yeah. You know, I don't like those vocals. That's too techy. There's, there's too noodly. It's too melodic. There's no blast beats, you know, like, and it's, it's interesting, like that they are like the originators of the genre in so many ways, but they lack so many of the essential tropes of the genre, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they 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 didn't live long enough to see themselves become the enemy. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that I well because Chuck was always moving forward. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you see, you see him sort of like, you know, getting more, more and more and more progressive to where like the last record they did was the Controlled Denied record, which was all clean singing and and all you know like just more of like a progressive metal record you know what i mean so he was moving away from that anyway but um but yeah did you listen to the the crystal mountain was the song i put on here did it hit you any one way or another yeah i mean i appreciate it i like it um play play a clip real quick yeah so um another really cool thing is that it has like gene hoagland on the drums so mm. it just grooves in a different way yeah. Yeah. that like most death metal fucking doesn't but something that like trips me out about something let me see if i find it it's gonna take me a second but but there's like all these i can't find it but there's a section in there where it's like oh well if you just take this section and you extrapolate on this, then you have Niall's entire career. (laughs) You know, like they're using, I don't know what what mode it is or whatever, but it's like, oh, okay. Like it drops into like that kind of harmony and that kind of- The one that sounds Egyptian? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Like the Phrygian mode or whatever the fuck it is. Right, 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 right. I don't know which one it is. And then, but then the outro has like the, the classical guitar you know, like the acoustic guitar overdub. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's a thing that you find when you listen to a lot of death is it's like, oh, well, this section of this song becomes this whole other subgenre of death metal. <laughs> right. Or this album becomes a whole subgenre of death metal. You know what I mean? So, you know. That that song kind of reminded me a little bit of, of a band that I was really into that I think probably took a lot of uh, ideas or like a lot of similar kind of trappings that death had in terms of kind of a progressive technical death metal kind of sound, but they were a Christian band. Okay. And they were called Extol. Okay. Do you know Extol? I don't. I, I will send you a couple of representative songs of theirs. Yeah. They had two albums that I still think are some of my favorite metal albums of all time. And it, they're fucking Christian. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Dude, this was a whole fucking thing that we got into yeah. with my friend CJ because he grew up, in the church. So he was only allowed to listen to things that, that you could buy at fucking Lifeway Christian. So he yeah. listened to like 
what was that fucking scrolls of the megalith or whatever the fucking <laughs> mortification i think was mortification, the, yeah. mortification was the name of the band and it's like legit fucking death metal but they have like christian ass lyrics or whatever and yeah. they're clearly like authentically in the death metal tradition yeah you know what i mean it was legit as hell um and like and and stuff like that and so it was it was so yeah i'm not at the time like do not get me wrong like if you would have presented to me like oh this is christian metal in like 2000, I would like, you get fucked and die. Yeah, yeah. Like I would have had a very strong reaction to that. But now mm. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? So. But, uh, but death, death was always a band that, that like, and I, I kind of felt the same way about this song as I had always felt about them where there wasn't anything that I didn't like about it. It mm -hmm. just didn't grab me in a way that I can, that I can explain. The, uh, I, they're one of those bands that I, I almost feel like you've got to like, listen to, you got to like listen to what else was happening around the time of them be like, oh, that's why they're a fucking big deal. You know what I mean? Like if you go and you listen to all the death metal in 1991 and you listen to human, the human record yeah, in there and yeah. you're like, oh, mm -hmm. OK, yeah, this is, this is fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I did like leprosy. Um, sure. Yeah, because it, I, I think maybe just because the album cover like really kind of helped like L leprosy put, put me is, in the vibe of what they were trying to do. That's with kind it. of a sweet spot. In yeah. their in their career before they start getting like techie, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but they're a little more refined than on screen bloody gore. Yeah, you know it's a little less like blackened thrash or, or I'm sorry deathened thrash or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty rad. Okay, so then you put this malevolent creation track on here. I haven't heard this track. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, I mean, okay. Oh, could go ahead. No, did you listen to it before? I, of course, I fucking okay, did. Okay um what's your what's your uh what's your initial reaction to it um dude it's okay so it has dave cool ross on fucking drums which i fucking love that guy he's one of my favorite suffocation drummers um so i'm well familiar with with his style and how he plays and whatnot so i'm and i actually i'm a fan of malevolent creation um but this is we've talked about them before <laughs> um because are you familiar with the song that are you familiar with their eternal record Probably not. Okay. So there's a song called They Breed, where at the end of it, they they throw out the N-word with a hard R. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, F-U, you effing N-word, hard R. Holy shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So well, certainly would not have recommended this song if I knew about that. <laughs> but the guy who sang and played bass on that record who does that is not the guy who sings on this record. Whew. Close um, call. Yeah, close call. So, Bullet but th dodged. They're this really interesting band where, like, I love them sonically, but I, I, I have like a bit of trepidation when it comes to like supporting them for those fucking reasons. Because you can go, you can like go to like and hear it on YouTube, and the comments are like, you know, a mix of like, oh, it really sucks that he did this, and then you also hear comments of like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Or like right. I've met him after a show. He's a true believer. Like there's, you know what I mean. It's Yikes. it's a whole fucking thing that's like unfortunately a part of their fucking legacy. Yeah. So, but um, but I'm really stoked that you didn't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have no problem canceling them. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of canceled themselves. They don't well, have any special place in my heart. But this song does. The song's almost more black metal. Kind like, of. You know what I mean? And it and it has this really nice like, what I liked about it is it has this nice like sort of like tour day beats it's like yeah here's it, has, all of it. it has them all yeah yeah it's like here's your skink beats here's your blast beats here's all of it yeah you know what i mean uh, the, so there's two main reasons why i wanted to talk about this song or like that i wanted to bring it up um 
was one because we basically ripped off the first riff on the first song of the as eden burns album okay <laughs> Uh, where they're playing like really fast tremolo on like a minor, like a two a two note minor chord, and then they just kind of slowly move it downwards chromatically. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically ripped that off. It wasn't the same riff, but it was very, it was intentionally like styled after that because I like this song so much. Yeah. Um. So there's one. Number two was uh one of the ways that I would get into music back in the day. Did you guys ever watch the CKY videos? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. CKY. This CKY. was on one of yeah. those. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and I remember hearing it and like, I was still getting into heavy and extreme music and, and thinking like, Ooh, what is this? It sounds kind of yeah. melodic, but it's like really brutal and, and fast. And, and, uh, and I think a lot of, a lot of people um, got into a lot of music through, skateboard videos totally and, and so that too. and that's how i got into cky exactly fucking love cky, CKY is yeah. badass yeah yeah it's a killer fucking track it's yeah. um you know so um we talked about blinded by fear a little bit um yeah at the gates so um that's amazing um how so did you because we talked about black dolly murder with 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 our friend cj a little bit because he was hugely influenced by. Were, uh, do you know the band Mr. Hinkus? Did you ever see those guys? Um, familiar with, but no. Okay, cool. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but like Trevor was a huge influence on him, so we talked about them a bit on his episode. But like, so like Black Dahlia Murder, and even to a certain degree, like uh, Deaf Heaven, you could kind of lump these in to like the same conversation, in a sense of like, um, bands that. If I just listen to, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> um, but when I would like see them or see their merch or see whatever, I'm like, fuck those scene poser assholes. Um, Cause that's kind of yeah. how I felt about Black Dahlia Murder. Like they just exemplify it so hard. What I mean that is- it seems fake or something? Well, it's a little, it's different. It's different with, with each of them. But like with Black Dahlia Murder, it was like, I remember people I knew who were into them mm-hmm. and I was like, you fucking emo metalcore asshole, you know, like with your gauges and shit, you know, like they, they were often, they were often times and it's not their fault necessarily, but they were often times like the one extreme metal band that a person listened to amongst other things. Right. Extreme, well, you know, to an well, extent. Because, because mm-hmm. culturally the way they presented themselves wasn't like metal fucking douchebags. So mm-hmm. they were more accessible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And me being an elitist metal douchebag at the time, I didn't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, be, and, you know, and so, and then because like I would hear, I, I would, you know, Oh, you gotta listen to it. And I listened to it and I'd be like, this is just sloppy at the gates. How the fuck do I care <laughs> yeah. about this? Yeah. You know? Um, but in retrospect, <clears throat> but but what's what what I did always like about them was that they took kind of the at the gates style, and they just slapped some like death metal on it as opposed to like at the gates, which was always kind of mid tempo and like right. no blast beats and stuff. Which again, these are very superficial things. But like I just I like their flavor of it. It always kind of spoke to me to an extent. Well, what they do is incredible, and I was an absolute asshole. Like <laughs> let me be very clear. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I I punished myself by forcing myself to miss out on a lot of great music by being a dick. Um, Same. And so, but what I was curious is like, when you, when did you hear them and were you like instantly on board? Um, I, I definitely, I, I definitely heard them, um, around the same time as all these other bands. And mm-hmm. I, I think I knew that something was different about them, but it didn't necessarily color my, um, you know, perception of them or whatever. Um, 
but I could tell something was different. And like, I knew that they ran in different circles and they like toured with different bands than, right. than, than like the other heavy metal bands and like death metal right. bands that I was listening to at the time. Um, and I think they were probably part of like another sort of MP3 CD that I had at some point. And so they were just kind of jumbled in with a lot of other things that I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. And they felt like kind of fresh because they were very like frenetic kind yeah, of, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but still that makes sense. had that like kind of at the gates melodic style to it. So they were just, they, they hit me at the right time, you know? And, and I was never like a massive fan of theirs, but I always liked what they did a lot. I thought it was, even though it was in some senses, it felt sort of derivative, the way that they put the pieces together to me felt fresh. Gotcha. Um, and I always, I always liked them. And, uh, like I said, as Eden Burns used to get compared to them all the time. Sure. Um, for better for us. Cause I think that we kind of had a lot of the same, uh, uh, you know, trappings that they had because we weren't like, you know, metal dudes. Like we were just dudes. Right. Right. Um, and right. so we, we weren't like in, we were more in like hardcore and metalcore scenes than, Right. like legit metal scenes. And I don't even know like whether the legit metal community in Houston ever knew about us or gave a shit about us. Quite frankly, they probably didn't, you know? So, and I feel like, so maybe, maybe black doll, your murder was kind of, you know, kindred spirits there a little bit on a smaller about, scale, but we could talk about the legit metal community <laughs> when we turn this off in Houston. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Every time I think about them, I'm like, man, I fucking missed out, you know, cause there are things that are unique about them, but, I only sort of like took the surface elements. Was like, oh, I've heard this before. Fuck all. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. So, um, okay. Nile. So I put these two tracks on here for a reason. Um. Because well, you know why I put "Lash to the Sleep." So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, you want to fill Robert in on that? Yeah. So this is kind of a funny story. Like I, I was watching, you know, the creep show movies. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Are you pretty familiar with them? The, uh, whichever one had like the dude getting buried in the sand and the road. That, that was the first one. That yeah. Was the first one? yeah. So there, there was a sequel called creep show too. <laughs> um, very creative. And I was watching it the other day with, uh, my wife and one of our friends, this was like a couple of years ago, but we were just having like a, you know, horror movie kind of night. And we were watching that for, for old time's sake. And, um, there's a motif, a musical motif that occurs throughout the movie a few times. Uh-huh. And then it plays again at the end on the ending credits. Okay. And the first time it comes up in the actual, uh, movie is, yeah, that's it. It, the first time it comes up in the actual movie is during one of the like vignettes, you know, there's multiple vignettes, you know, that's the kind of the creep show format. Right. And it was during this, this vignette where this native American, uh, like statue comes alive and murders people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I've seen that one. Yeah. So the first time it plays in that movie, it starts playing and I'm like, I, I hadn't seen this movie since I was like probably 10 years old. So I was like, there's no way I remembered the melody, but the melody was extremely familiar to me. And I was like, what is this melody from? <laughs> Like, you know, one of those tip, tip your tongue things. Yeah. And I thought about it and like finally figured it out that it's 100% not like a coincidence stolen or in a Nile song. Right. They basically took that melody and just copied and pasted it into their song as like the chorus. But it works so well. I'm not, I'm not even mad about it. There it is. Yeah, right there. <laughs> 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 
That's great. So so it's a, it's a it's a cool ass melody, and and I was just I my mind was kind of blown when I figured it out because like that movie came out in I don't know like '94 or so, who knows. Um, yeah. And that song was just kind of an obscure like it's not even from Creep Show One, you know. Yeah. Um, and I immediately started googling it. I was like Nile, Lash of the Slave Stick, Creep Show. And I think there's like one forum post from like. 12 years ago where someone's like, Hey, do we ever notice it kind of sounds the same? <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. anyways, yeah. it was just one of those kind of crazy uh, moments. I, I was at, I was at like, I was like on like a family trip up in Dallas. Like this big, like, and Richard was the first person I thought of to tell. <laughs> like, yeah, he fucking texted me this shit. And I was like, stop the party. Yeah. I have to fucking figure this out. I've got to find a copy of creep show. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh, and I was listening to it. And I was like, Holy shit. That's fucking great. And, and I'm telling people there that like, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, then, it's, it's like the nerdiest thing to be excited about, to be clear. It's awesome. But then yeah. it's like a confirmation. Like I, uh, for a while I was listening to like Jamie justice podcast for, and, uh, and he would have like a segment on there of like, you know, did you steal the riff? Did it, are these the same? Are they not or whatever? And like someone fucking sent this in. <laughs> oh, wow. So what I mean, like as nice. like confirmation that, you know, there's someone out there in the ether that hears what you hear, Harrison. Mm. That's awesome. Um, Great song though. Oh, it's incredible. I'm um, not even mad about it. And so, but I put, the reason I put something from In the Dark and Shrines on there, um, which I never got into that record so much, but I was listening to it a lot this week. And goddamn, that might be like my favorite like those might be like some of my favorite sounding drums like ever recorded is the drums on in their dark enshrines. Mm. Um, but I remember talking to you at some point years and years and years ago and like talking about like precision or like mm -hmm. the role of like precision in metal and like, does it throw off how you're perceiving it? How precise does it need to be? And I remember you referencing like some of the early Nile records I think specifically like in their darkened shrines mm -hmm. and sort of being like, you know, it's like kind of sloppy. Yeah. I kind of, I don't like it. <laughs> it, fu it fucks up the way that I hear it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, whereas on annihilation, annihilation, which is like a year or two after two years yeah, after, like but it's with, it's the first one they do with George Coleus. And so it's like ratcheted up a fucking level and, you know, that's kind of where they stay the rest of their career. But I don't know. So, do you still feel that way? Like when you when you listen to to that that era, does it? You know, have you softened on that? Is it just a, a concept or? I think I think so. I mean, I th I I th I think that in their darkened shrines is probably my favorite album of theirs. Okay, actually. Um, and I don't remember when we had this conversation, but I definitely, it definitely sounds like something I would say because that I am kind of a stickler about precision and music that I think precision is like one of the major features of it. Mm -hmm. um, but the music on it, um, like my current stance on it is like the music is so fucking good and so creative and so atmospheric. Um, and the riffs are incredible. The drumming is obviously incredible, even if it's not like necessarily quantized or whatever right because it's like the imperfection on there is yeah. like every once in a while there's two kick notes that are a little closer together than yeah the other yeah it's 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 so nitpicky like i'm such a piece of shit but but, 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 so but in the context so of that music you can i can hear it yeah you know well, because it's so clean it's and so clear. close to being perfect that it sticks out exactly yes. yes exactly that's yes, yes, exactly yes, yes, right yes. Yep. well and then part of this is like a refined i think it, i wonder if it's a because i think you could hear this like 10 years ago i couldn't I, I, I couldn't mm. tell mm. 10 years ago, but now, and I don't know if it's because I've done so much recording the past year or like looking at the grid mm. and, and edit, actually editing drums, but now I can tell, like now I can, t I, I can 
I can tell like things in in like the 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 Slipknot song, like the disaster piece. Like I'm I can tell mm. where things get a little sloppy or whatever. And like I never heard that before. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Or whatever. Or I can like hear a spot in the Metallica in like Dire's Eve where Lars doesn't start the double bass run until like a measure late and, and yeah. shit like that. You know, like and and I didn't hear I wouldn't have heard these things before. Um so like it's not nothing like it's you it's a real thing you know, uh, but yeah like in in Nile it's like so on the, you know, <laughs> it's just so subtle, uh, but but it is like part of that medium part of that expression mm-hmm. and you know but we've been listening to like perfectly quantized yeah yeah tech death so now when exactly. you hear something that's like we're spoiled yeah, <laughs> yeah right. well because and that's the thing like there was a time when like double bass used to almost just be like an effect. Mm-hmm. right like it was just like the effect of going all out and right yeah 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 you know and and like now you know and it's like no 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 it's about having it's about playing that specific rhythm precisely exactly <laughs> as it needs to be you know the fans expect perfection <laughs> yeah and they'll get it right but. right that have you noticed that that difference change in like the live setting because mm. Because that, that that's something I feel like I notice is like we've talked about a few times. Yeah, like back in the mid two thousands, man. Like you just or like the nineties the and up through the mid two thousands, like it's just like you just go out there, throw and go, and it's like if you were trying hard, fucking fine. But like now, you have to like be perfect. Yeah. Or or your band sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely keeping up with the Joneses situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like like many, uh, I guess things where they like there's like a ratcheting mm-hmm. um people are actually better now probably because the Definitely. standards are higher it's not like yeah, absolutely you know it's just like the expectations are okay i don't remember where we left off we're back do you remember what we were saying um, uh let's see nile precision oh yeah. and we we, we had, you, you said you postulated that people are basically just better now right people started hearing things that were better and that became their baseline that's yeah. absolutely and they just felt like they had to get there and that just kept going and still going that's i talked about this before but i remember yeah. talking to like fucking eric Marotti, the the current suffocation drummer and he was talking about like you know hearing records in like the late aughts that had been quantized and had been edited he was like fuck I guess that's just. I guess I just have to be that fucking good. Like he didn't. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know right. that a person wasn't playing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, well, "Fuck," <laughs> you know. Yeah. So he just practiced until he was that fucking good, and right. now he's that fucking good. <laughs> like that guy's perfect live, you know. Scary. And so, whereas like I listened to like I paid money for Slayer's "Decade of Aggression." Which is one of the sloppiest record, like <laughs> Dave Lombardo's, like like the Angel of Death break <laughs> sounds like this. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what it fucking sounds like. It's 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 embarrassing. Um, and I'm like, yeah, man, you just have to try your hardest. That's good enough. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't prioritize mm-hmm. precision for a very very. I long mean, it kind of it, it it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it's not. I mean. It's just that certain people like me, like I, I like the, the precision is a feature of the music that, um, absent it isn't necessarily a worse product necessarily, but it, for me, it adds a dimension to it that we've talked about that I latch onto, which is like the calculated and cold nature of metal that I actually really like a lot. 
you I'll know, like, I like that about a lot of music. I, so I can yeah. understand. Man, I think it, maybe it didn't matter sometime 15 years ago or something. Oh, for sure. And like maybe it doesn't matter with like certain kinds of metal. Yeah. Now, but I think it really, I think it matters now more than ever because I think the audience, even the average listener has now become accustomed Mm-hmm. to that yeah like i think it you know like if you get to that like double bass break you know or whatever like and it's not and that blast beat sloppy or it's not perfect like i think like the average concert goer might not be able to to tell you what's wrong mm-hmm. but i think that they, they can feel it yeah i think so i like, think so I'm, I'm imagining kids growing up now not not drums necessarily but kids listening to like polyphia now Oh God! Yeah. And then growing up ten years from now, I'm like, that's just how they play. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But right. it's gonna happen. I'm sure it's gonna happen. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 I remember hearing a, a podcast with, fuck, I can't remember her <laughs> name. Urgh. She did a lot of Prince records. Um, the drummer. No. 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 Audio engineer. Producer. Oh, okay. Producer. Um. No. The drummer is uh, Hannah Welton. I think. Fuck. Anyway. Whatever. I can't remember um. But she was talking about, like, calling these things performance gestures. And then, like, that's that's a thing that's an understood thing in classical music. You know, oh, we have a performance gesture. That's how that performer chooses to articulate or how they happen to articulate that musical idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and And, like, working with younger audio students who have this ear that's set more for perfection. And, and, and like, and like, you know, like talking about like, oh, well, that's just that drummer's performance gesture, you know, like to, Mm. to speed that fill up a little bit and then dry and then sink back in, you know, da, 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 da. And she said it was interesting because talking to them because they were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's nice. Okay. That's cool. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds kind of neat. And she's like, so do you want to change it? And they're like, oh, well, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, because that's still what their ears are used to hearing right like they're they're geared towards that you know i remember talking to our audio engineer friend case he was talking about vocalist how that because of auto-tune he was starting to hear more vocalists that would kind of go from one pitch directly to another pitch without sort of scooping in between oh which is like the more natural thing to do right like but they would just go directly from one to the next you know huh Stuff like that. Fascinating. So there's this interesting sort of, you know, like as a symbiotic kind mm. of, like there's a give and take relationship between between those things, you know. Like you use a computer to like enhance your performance to this inhuman level and then people hear it and then right. that becomes the new baseline. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it just kind of keeps ratcheting it up, ratcheting up, you know. It's an arms race. <laughs> yeah. And a legs race. And a legs race. A, a three legs oh. race. Got him. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> um, okay, so then I put uh, a song about Obscura. So they're kind of like, the, I put them as kind of like a stand-in for Necrophagist, which I think you had introduced me to also. You or Taylor, I think. And because it's like half the band from Necrophagist that goes on to make. Oh, I didn't record. realize that. Oh, yeah, it's the same drummer. Oh. I think it's the same guitarist. Um and, and whatnot. And and I prefer Obscura to Necrophagist. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it's more dynamic to yeah. me and whatnot. So that's why I put that on here as sort of like, because to me, 
it's the first real tech death. Um, because like we've talked about this concept a few times, which is like what makes something sound um, dated is if people stop doing it. Mm. Okay. So if people, you know, like what makes those certain kind of like electronic drums sound dated from the eighties is because people stopped. Oh yeah. That's, okay. That's, I never thought of it that way. Um, and so sometimes you have this breakthrough record that's a huge influence on people, but you don't know if it's going to affect how things sound after it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the Necrophagist record, which I think was around like 2006 or some somewhere. That sounds about right. Yeah. Around there. It was this record that everyone's like, oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone was fucking talking about it, you know. But it wasn't clear that, oh, that's the direction things are going. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and it didn't necessarily. I mean, like it wasn't clear that's like, oh, well, people are going to keep doing that thing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be this new subgenre of death metal. But I feel like once you get like Obscura doing Cosmogenesis or mm-hmm. whatever, it's like, oh, that's that was what, yeah. That's Which what, is 2008 ish. Yeah. 2008 yeah. felt like a very pivotal moment for a lot of reasons. Yeah, because you had Obzen mm. also that year. Oh, that's right. You had Those Whom the Gods Detest. Mm-hmm. You had Origins Antithesis. You had Faceless Planetary Duality. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that was, was a big deal fucking year. That's like when the modern era started. <laughs> In a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of fucking ways. Interesting. Well, that makes sense, though. I'm, I'm with you. Why, why you included that? Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a I don't I don't know how how did that track hit you? As I was listening to this playlist, like some of it felt kind of familiar up to this point, but when it got to the obscure track and then the archfire track, I was just kind of like, whoa, kind of perked up a little bit. I was like, hello there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Because because these are so like the 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 obscura and the art spire like that stuff that would have been on the part three of the death metal right play you know the death metal episodes of me exposing you to you know gotcha gotcha uh, I can see that so it's pretty cool you weren't the, you you discovered OT level three in Scientology before <laughs> yeah. you finished OT levels one and two <laughs> found, found some extra thetans somewhere yeah you're gonna have to be audited. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was a pretty sick track. I mean, it definitely like makes sense. I actually didn't realize that there was the necrophagist connection there, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, okay. And then like Archspire, what, how did the Archspire hit you? Kind of the same. It was just like, this is pretty fucking rad. Yeah. yeah. So, so (laughs) Archspire is like. They they upped the ante, like in in a way. That... It's always Canadians. <laughs> yeah, man. Bare naked like... ladies. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the only one, really. But you know, Archfire, um, I guess. Because because they're always they're because they're, they're like, yeah, man. I'm... If this works out or not, I know I can still go to the doctor. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's go for it. Roll guys. the dice. Roll the dice, boys. <laughs> yeah, we got Roll the dice, eh? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean they're 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 just. Like we 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 briefly touched on this idea in the last um, um, episode that I was on about sort of like the the sort of natural endpoint or like progression of extreme metal. Like at a certain point, it just has to be as far as it could possibly go from a purely superficial extreme like mm-hmm. speed and and precision perspective. Mm-hmm. And 
like the example that I gave last time was like Lorna Shore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they were kind of like they weren't trying to be super technical necessarily. They were just trying to be like the most extreme in many ways. They were just kind of like they took every element of metal other than like the extreme sort of precision technicality aspect of it, I guess. And they just went all the way to the, they just ran, they sprinted to the end and said, we're going to have the slowest breakdowns and the fastest blast beats. But (laughs) arc spire to me is like, it's, it's like how I felt when I saw golden eye on Nintendo 64 for the first time. And I was like, (laughs) graphics cannot possibly get any better than this. This is real life that I'm watching. That's how I feel when I listen to arc spire. I'm just like, they're the pinnacle and no one mm. could possibly surpass them for what they do. The arch spider. Yeah, absolutely. As it were. Absolutely. It, it feels like, but it feels like what they did is different. Like they took a different approach because I, I saw someone, they were the half life to the golden eye. <laughs> okay. Once I saw someone in like a comment thread, like these guys always like arch spider always felt like a watered down origin to me. And I'm like, you're absolutely incorrect hmm. on all levels because, um, <laughs> Because they don't play in the same tempo ranges. Right. They play in completely different tempo You you pointed this out to me, and it made me appreciate them in a whole new dimension after you did. Yeah, because the thing is, is that, um, because, like, Origin plays a lot at, like, the 230, you know, 220 to 230, 240, like, that kind of range, right? Very fast, like, blast beats and all sorts of, I mean, Origin's amazing, right? It's kind of stupid to compare the two, but, but... it's almost like what Artspire did in this pursuit of like, well, we have to be unique. And so they were like, well, we're going to play extreme technical death metal in the tempo range that no one plays it in. No man's land. Fucking 140 to 170. And like, that's kind of where they fucking live. And the hardest tempos to play. And part of the reason they're able to, because this is part of the reason they're able to make those tempo sound as extreme as they are, is because uh, their drummer, um, you know, has like taken the artfulness of the gravity blast to new, to absolutely new levels, um, to where he's able to use that mm-hmm. beat, you know, that musically in a way that no one else really can, or no one else really has up till him in the same ways. I don't think or at least not at the level that he is or whatever. Um, and then also he does like this kind of like this other kind of blast beat. It's like, it's it's technically you could say it's like a suffo blast, but he's just doing it so fucking fast. Because <laughs> like your suffo blast is normally like, you know, like both hands are matched, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? But Spencer will do this thing. I can't do it. I can't really do it, but he'll go like... Like do like four on this hand, like gaka gaka, and then he switches. All right, right, but he's he's going around the kit. You know what I mean? So, but like that becomes like hit like that's like his like baseline. Like that's like his fucking like ACDC beat. That's just instead of a hi hat. Yeah, you know, but like that's like chilling at like, you know, like that, like 140, 150 ish tempo. 
and that 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 tempo range is normally more of a mid-paced kind of range it's not a fast exactly for for mere mortals that would be kind of a slow pace and an awkward pace to play at yeah Yeah, that's kind of slow unless you think of it being all you know one hand at a time on right yeah unless you think of it like oh this is it this is 300 bpms not 150 bpms you know then it's way faster than you should be able to do what you're doing yeah. yeah It's like like Nile Nile will go like 250 BPM or whatever. Right. Which and they'll do it in a traditional sense. Yes. So Arc Spire is kind of in a th- in a way they're doing if they're doing 150 that's almost like they're doing 300 or whatever you know it's exactly. like it's just twice yes. as fast basically. It really is. So they went back to go further you know. Right right right. But then on the guitars they also up the ante because like there's like older school like sort of like or not older school but there's there's bands that fuck around with that with like like brain drill and shit like that true, like true. Um, but on the guitar side of things, they also push that also into like the melodic, into like the sort of like the classical influences and whatnot to where they even like quote like Mozart and shit like all the time and shit. Um, and then they also turn the dial, the crazy dial on the vocals, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to where the vocals are really unique and Mm -hmm. are really like hip hop inspired. They're really influenced by like tech technical rap or tech rap or whatever the fuck they fucking call it you know like this is really really you know what i mean yeah and and they're fucking freaks yeah yeah yeah. so it's like each fucking element is doing something unique and then it all fits together and 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 somehow it just doesn't feel like a novelty it does not feel like most of the time like a lot of bands that use these techniques in the past like you said, like brain drill or like beneath the massacre or mm-hmm. these other bands are like, they were like fun bands, but like they were like bubble gum, you know, you had, you, you took a piece and it immediately went like, you know, tasteless and you never sure. wanted to chew it again or listen to it again. <laughs> but with Arcspire, like I genuinely want to like re-listen to the songs a lot because there's so much going on, but in an artful way and a creative way and a musical way that it's just no one else is doing it like them. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like, this is the one band that does this weird thing. It's like exactly. there's a band that took some of these things and made something out of it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Cool. Right. And cool. they don't take themselves that seriously, which I love too. All the better. And they easily <laughs> could, but they're just goofing off like on stage. Perfect. It's, it's good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like they, they were wearing like fucking like. Did they come out like wearing like Bucky's? Yeah, the singer shirt. was wearing a Bucky's like, like you know like uh, I don't yeah. sleeveless shirt. Great. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because right. we saw him back in April. Yeah. I think again another one of those concerts where we tripped over each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're yeah. here. That makes sense that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Of course yeah, you're yeah. here. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I oh I see Harrison over there. I don't want to be weird and and like be like, hey man, are you here? So I'm just gonna hang back and just like <laughs> you know watch him watch Archspire. For the rest of the show, and I'll say hi to him afterwards. I don't want to be weird, so I'll like stare at this guy during this concert. I've been watching because it's like I can't like go up to him and fucking talk to him right now while anyone's playing because he can't understand me. So I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna like be here and not be. Oh, he's turning around. I'm gonna turn around. Uh, (laughs) This, this is. This is a thing that I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I I don't know if anyone else is like I, I see people in public that I recognize often and I'm like, I'm not up for that right now. Oh, same. <laughs> same. So I pretend that I don't see them, you know, just keep walking. Same. Sure. Um, so I had a whole other slew of fucking things that I wanted, like concepts and whatnot to, to pick apart and whatnot. Um, so I'm just going to hit on one. Let's do it. So another concert that we saw each other at randomly was uh, Ryan Adams. <laughs> yeah. And so this is a fascinating one because we walked out of there 
and Allison and I had a terrible time at this concert. I think I've heard about this concert. You have, you yes. have. Okay. Um, and it was solely based on we felt like Ryan Adams was being a douchebag. <laughs> and like we walk out and I see you, you know, sitting out, and I'm like, oh fuck, hey Harrison, blah 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 blah. And and you were like, so what do you think of the show? I'm like, man, fuck that asshole. <laughs> you know, or I say some shit like that. And you were like, well, but the music sounded so good. Like, <laughs> like all of the tra- all of the stuff that like affected me so much that affected my perception, you didn't care about at all. Was was how was yeah, how it I felt. remember this. Yeah, like you didn't. This. It didn't matter to you at all. Like yeah. like what he said in between the songs. Like he could have said literally anything. You didn't care. And you're like yeah. the band sound is so fucking good. The yeah. songs are so well played. And I recognize that he was being a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And he is a douchebag. Uh, like by the way, like he's like a bad person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, <laughs> there were like some accu- accusations yeah. of like grooming. Yeah. Or... He's just yeah. Apparently he's just like a a toxic. Uh, person to be in a relationship with yeah grooming might not be the right word whatever whatever it was look it up it's it's shitty yeah i unfortunately like we don't have to get into the you know hate the artist love the art debate necessarily but like yeah his music is fucking awesome and he's genius but um yeah i i i definitely recognize that he was being a douchebag and like being very like like i don't know um butthurt about random bullshit that didn't seem important (laughs) and this big ironic amp yeah, you know, but just the moment play he folk would folk music, but see this amp, it's as tall as the fucking building. Is it yeah, silly? But the moment he would go into the song and the band would kick in, I was just like, oh man, this is so good. <laughs> I still love that one, the one album that that song is is from. You know, I I came I came across in a very weird way where a friend of a friend needed a drummer, and and so I went for the rehearsal, and the guy the guy whose band it was was like, well, this is what I'm into. Hmm. So listen to this, just listen to this. And this is the vibe I'm going for. And he gave me like a Ryan Adams CD and then like a live Wilco CD or something like that. This was like 2006, some shit like that. So that was like my exposure. Did you ever get into Ryan Adams? I don't know who he is. (laughs) Whenever I think of Ryan Adams, I, Number one, I think about Brian Adams, obviously. Right. Yeah. But number two, I associate him with John Mayer for some reason. Hmm. Is the same type of dude, maybe? I could see same, that. Same I don't era, know. You know, like okay. Brian Adams was like the more like, like In, indie. indie Americana version yeah. of of John Mayer in a sense. You okay. know? He he wrote some songs that were went on to become like top forty country hits for other artists. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, when stars go blue. Dancing mm. when the stars go blue. You, I don't know. You guys have probably heard it like on the radio yeah, at like sure. Ace Hardware. Um, but <laughs> but like so he, he wrote a couple of songs that like made mega mega million hits. You know. But he himself has put out like fifty albums and um, he's just kind of known as like a singer songwriter, like, a, like right. a like of our time type of guy. But right. It is, but the the whole like you know separating the art from the artist. I think it is an interesting. I don't know. I think that's an interesting thing. And, um, and that's, that's one of the examples that I think about, like, yeah. like specifically with you, yeah. because like you experienced more joy that evening than I did. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you were able, you were able to like separate it in a sense, or, or like you weren't invested in his character. Like you didn't need to feel like he was a person that you liked to be able to enjoy 
the art. And and I've always been I've always felt like I needed to. Yeah. In a sense. I know there's plenty of, there's plenty of douchebags that I've given a pass to like once I'm already like into their music or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm. Um but I, I think that the way that you experienced that night is probably better. Even though I mean I mean, what's good, what's bad, nobody knows. Um, <laughs> tides go in, tides go out. <laughs> you can't explain that. Um, but like, I, I think it's probably better to like have a visceral reaction to someone being a douchebag and like having that color your um, interactions and uh, perceptions of them. Um, if if it leads the world to a like less um you know harmful place Hmm. as a result because because like even though it's a small it's probably small the the like my support of like ryan adams um might incidentally make it easier for people like him to continue to like be harmful to other people you know well let's think of an example where someone doesn't hasn't like actually been accused of crimes um uh like like dave mustaine (laughs) um for instance (laughs) So, like, Dave Mustaine's personality greatly affects my ability to enjoy his music that I didn't already enjoy before I heard him speak in an interview. True, but it doesn't hurt that he made a lot of shitty music, though, (laughs) after that point. (laughs) But also a point taken. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there is a difference between just, like, being a, like, person you wouldn't want to hang out with and... Like actually being accused of a crime, <laughs> right? That's like now, fair, now yeah. that we know, like, oh well, Ryan Adams is actually doing like really nasty, manipulative, toxic shit to people. Yeah. it does kind of color that. Um, but like, oh, someone's just a, a raging douchebag. Like, like I, I can like listen because like a new Megadeth record just came out, and some of my friends, oh, new Megadeth's great. I'm like, I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. <clears throat> I won't listen to it. Couldn't be me. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna listen to it. You know what I mean? I heard yeah. like half a song on accident. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Whatever. Skip. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, I have no. Yeah. Interesting. It's not an enjoyable experience because, because like I know the person attached to that voice and I'm like, fuck that dude. Um, I do not like Dave Mustaine um, for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but he's not hurting from that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm missing out on some killer metal maybe. Right. I don't know. It's just, a, it, I don't know. It's interesting to yeah. to consider, I guess. There's definitely some like Buddhist quote about like poisoning yourself by hating someone else. I don't remember sure. what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I guess um, my take on that is generally like if that, if something like that does affect you, like it did you with Ryan Adams, like then let it affect you. But otherwise, like both of those things can be true. Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's not a right or a wrong way. Like, yeah, like, like you, you know can, I mean? you can still like the music just fine, and you can also be like, dude's a fucking asshole. So, right, 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 right. But, like, you shouldn't feel obligated to give someone money yeah. that you think is an asshole. No, um, <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> but you, you also, you know, shouldn't feel like obligated to, like, well, you know, man, yeah, I know he's a dick, but I really like this thing that he makes, mm-hmm. and if you like the thing, that's fine, you know, whatever. You know, yeah. I guess it just depends. Yeah. Um, all right. I think you need to get out of here. Yeah. But we should continue the conversation at some point, even if it's like remote or something, I'd, I'd be down for sure. Yeah. Cause there, there's some sort of like some things in here that, that I think would, 
would be worth really digging into, like like the Metallica stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. we didn't even talk about Dire's Eve. I have a lot to say about oh, yeah. that album. And, yeah. And... So maybe maybe we can just do a remote, just because there's so and and, and even because one, one of the things I one of the things I wanted to sort of touch on too, because like there's these like these general concepts of like precision and also like the artist throwing the audience curveballs and you could talk about that just within the context of Nile. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because there was the album like at the gates of Setu that everyone was pissed about, which is like one of my favorites <laughs> because they had some clean singing. Oh God, everyone fucking died because there's clean singing in a death metal album. Um, but you know, like Metallica is going to, will always be the best band to talk about <laughs> those kind of concepts with because oh god yeah they they did all those concepts to to at to 11 you know yeah um i finally heard some of lulu recently and boy was that a mistake <laughs> it's interesting at least I, mm. save it for the lulu episode oh yeah sorry sorry that, that's gonna be <laughs> i don't know man the, the, I, I, I definitely want to participate in any Metallica discussions if I can, because yeah, ooh, yeah, don't yeah. wait for me. But I would be, I would love wait to for me. Too yeah. much. Uh, the only other thing I'll mention about this playlist, real quick, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Uh, when it got to the faded line, I just like went and grabbed my guitar and just played along with it, <laughs> and <laughs> then just put it back down and listened to the rest of the playlist. <laughs> that song's so good. That song is so fucking good. Okay, yep. okay. Here's one crazy fucking thing I want to fucking talk about. Um, uh. So this is just this is just me being petty and this is just some gossip shit, okay? Um so current events, COVID, vaccinations, all that sort of stuff. Lamb of God and Opeth present two very interesting dichotomies there. Because um Opeth lost their drummer because he wouldn't like they had to fire their drummer because wow. he wouldn't get vaccinated. Hmm. Okay? Martin Axenrod or whatever, the guy who plays in Bloodbath really? and all that sort of shit. He's been in Yopeth for fucking fucking 15 years or some shit wow. like that. Wow. You I know what I mean? This. Yeah. So he didn't want to get the vaccine, so they, they have a new drummer now. Um, Damn, dude. Similarly, okay, Lamb of God, Willie Adler doesn't want to get the fucking vaccine. So now whenever they do international dates, Phil Demmel <laughs> from Machine Head, hmm. um, ex-Machine, former Machine Head guitarist, you know, he fills in for Willie on all of their, uh, you know, on on all of those dates. And so what's fascinating to me about that is like, this is the difference between when someone, when someone is, uh, when someone is like legally part owner of the band name. Oh, mm. interesting. Right. You that's know. a, that's a interesting point. So it's like I hadn't even considered that. I'm like, just fucking kick him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that it's sounds like, like that's you're bending over pretty far backwards here, but that makes sense. Yeah, right. you're having to pay someone else to fucking play these fucking guitar parts. Wow. Just fucking get rid of him. He should start an unvaccinated super group with uh, the Opeth dude and like Stephen Carpenter from Deftones. Oh, dude. Oh no. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a bass player out there. <laughs> dude, Steve, he did the same shit. He was. He's not playing international shows. Yeah, Stephen yeah, Carpenter. That, well, that makes sense. You know it's probably I mean? the same contractual. Uh, you know bullshit right right right. but it's like you know but it's like willie adler owns certainly owns part of the name and the business of lamb of god right so 
But Martin didn't own shit in Lope, in Opeth, probably. So <laughs> other shareholders couldn't vote him out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn so, shame. Um, okay, well, unfortunately, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't give a fuck. Whatever, we're here, <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you this. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of metal shit. I wanted to ask you real quick: What are some of your biggest non-metal influences? Because that's a thing. I put like the Grizzly Man soundtrack on here. Oh yeah, for a variety of reasons. But one of the things is like we've talked about all the metal shit and all mm-hmm. the post-rock stuff you do. But you also do all that, and you can do like that kind of like Americana, you know, vibe, and you can do it really authentically and extremely well. And so what, like, where does that come from for you? Like, hmm. like your, you know, like non-metal influences on guitar playing and stuff. Um, I definitely credit uh, uh, William, our, our, okay. our friend William Hesser, for getting me into a lot of non-metal stuff. Um, like uh, Trail of Dead, um, God's BG Black Emperor, and Mogwai. Mm-hmm. like lots of lots of like more artistic indie rock bands and, and post-rock bands okay um and also being in bands with william who was always like a very eclectic musically kind of guy um you know we were in a band called ghost town electric for a while which right. is kind of like a stoner rock kind of band and that sort of forced me to get in more into like bluesies type stuff that i didn't really play much of okay just because that was like what he wanted it to sound like and so i was like okay i think i can probably do that and so um just like kind of being around people like him um has helped me a lot uh mike mike malay the other guitarist for cavernous is probably the one of the most creative guitar players i've ever played for or with uh-huh. and he he was like very much into just like rock and roll he didn't really like metal and so he was like very much coming from a rock and roll place that forced me to like, you know, think about more. And um, so I've, I've, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of, uh, you know, people that I hung out with that weren't really big metalheads and didn't really that wasn't really their jam or like it was just one of their jams out of many jellies. Um, and mm-hmm. but yeah, for, for me, like I think uh, I, I always was really into uh you know, a lot of stuff, but metal always felt like home to me, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I mean, like for a while there, like I was obsessed with like Godspeed You Black Emperor and Mogwai and like Tortoise mm-hmm. and all these like mostly instrumental post-rock bands with like 20 minute long songs. Right. Mm. Which is kind of the opposite of metal in some ways. Sure. I did almost um, put a Godspeed track on here because we yeah. were at Godspeed t- concert there together also. Yeah. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know where that came from um, necessarily, but I think a lot of it has to do with people like William okay. that were so in my life. So you being in those musical situations and sort of kind of being like just thrown in it and sort of like pushed to you know like okay, we'll make this work. Yeah, like like right. it's like the the context in which you're exposed to things also matters, you know. So like he he and I we'd be in high school and we'd just be like joyriding around in his mom's like Toyota Camry. And he would just play something for me. And like, it was like, this is called Black God's BG Black Emperor. And we listened to it on a drive out to like Crab River Road, way out in, in uh, Sugarland mm-hmm. on this like dead end road that goes past an old like, uh, like uh, power plant. And the sun was setting. And it was just this very like surreal kind of epic moment that happened to just coincide perfectly with the music. And it just kind of allowed me to absorb it in a way that cool. maybe otherwise I might have been bored or something like that. Right. But right. I was like feeling the moment and the music. It was just like really coinciding. Um, so there's like a lot of probably things like that yeah. that, that happened yeah. to me. But that's a really sweet, beautiful, you know, like, because that's a thing that 
that kind of like personal that kind of very like personal like an experience and then also like a social relationship exposing you to the music like this is important to me and i think this will be cool to listen to right now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i mean like i think a lot of people who get into metal they start from like classic rock you know that's okay. kind of like for me at least like, yeah, like my gateway to metal was like led zeppelin you know yeah, probably okay. and if you listen to like zeppelin and hendrix and and some of the artists from that era some of the stuff that they did um kind of ventured into like one of the more experimental stuff they did um like there, there's there's it's almost like you're talking about with death mm. there's like mm-hmm. certain like like uh what's the word like snippets or pieces or ideas that were prevalent uh or not not prevalent but like like hinted at almost in classic rock like zeppelin and hendrix that i think i i, I pulled that thread and i pulled other okay. threads and i sort of pulled threads in all kinds of different directions so it wasn't yeah, like yeah. the zeppelin thread just led me straight to black sabbath which then led me straight to metallica which then led me to pantera mm-hmm. that was one thread that i pulled yeah, yeah, yeah. but then there's like dazed and confused is kind of psychedelic and like slow sure. and that maybe pulled that i pulled that thread towards you know um noise eventually it ended up at noise music like sure, mersbauer yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever or, like or, yeah. or, or or like you know you can pull like the the baby i'm gonna leave you thread you know and, yeah and end up in like a kind of like a folk and like indie rock yeah punk, almost I, a punk iron rock. and wine yeah or whatever yeah yeah. yeah 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 because like learning a lot of led zeppelin songs on guitar too like made me interested in like hearing other artists who played similar stuff so i think if i had to trace it back it'd just be like classic rock and then branching off a bunch of different directions from there okay okay <laughs> yeah that makes sense put a name on it but that makes sense okay i'm gonna let you get <laughs> cool so well yeah thanks for good. thanks for doing this and uh we'll do it again soon hopefully. yeah man thanks for totally man. thanks for making room on your dance card yeah man that was cool. <laughs> all right Adios.